Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I entitled this episode Climate Infrastructure, International Epidemic, and Uncertain Shadows. Wow, do we have a plethora of topics to talk about with you good people today. What is this? We, 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 we took two weeks off to clear our head. And if you listen to the minicast we did at the start of this week, you'll understand why. Let's turn this up real quick. There's a a fair amount of things going on in the world right now. And uh, it's a little selfish of me sometimes to go down these these emotional traps or these emotional trips, but not really. Yeah, you know, I am. I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the disturbances in my life, some of the revelations that have happened because of the disturbances and the wisdom that I've been able to glean. I was talking with one of the exclusive members earlier this week, uh, and I was saying how I can only hope that the wisdom I'm inheriting I'm able to effectively convey to you guys, because it is an awesome and powerful responsibility. Yeah, the uh, information-packed episodes that you guys are used to may or may not be here. May or may not be here with this episode. I tell you, I'm I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to try to keep the uh, keep the energy going, keep the float going, keep you know the show must go on. But uh, the, the 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 fire that you guys have all become accustomed to may not be here. But I say this at the start of the show. We'll see how it all goes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this edition. This is show number 1107, season 11, episode 7. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And yeah, you know, <laughs> there's so many different things going on. Uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll save all the political activist stuff. I'll save that for when we actually start the next segment. I want to... I want to intro the actual show reading to you guys from Psalms. Okay, some of the uh, some of the things that have happened to me in the past two weeks of my absence have only refined the necessity to have a faith and to have a foundation that keeps you grounded, man. Because my God, I can I can fall right off. You know, I'll, I'll keep I'll I'll just be honest with you, man. You know, I was able to uh, I was able to read a couple chapters, a psalm, my grandmother's favorite book in the Bible. I was able to spend a couple hours with her and read it to her, and I think uh, it's only appropriate to commemorate the time uh, by doing so with you, good people. We're going to be reading from the Bible, the book of Psalms. I'm just going to go ahead and read chapter one, maybe 
maybe just to intro it, just a couple scriptures, just a couple verses. That'll help set the tone for what I'm trying to say. This is blessed. It says Psalm chapter one, verse one. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and is his law, or in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's Psalms chapter 1. You know, I, I love reading the Bible because if you, it's like the saying goes, if you really want to be woke, read the Bible. What's happening right now is a complete inversion, uh, not only of society, but of spirituality and mora- uh, morality and so much more. But earlier this week, if you guys listened to uh, the minicast that I did on Instagram Live, you'll basically hear me talking about some of the generational curses that we've had to confront, right? Some of the some of the things that really doesn't get talked about in news, right? Something that doesn't get talked about in school and academia and education. Things that you have to discover. Things that you have to inherit. You know, if you really didn't listen to uh, the mini-cast we did earlier this week where we were talking about American iniquity, generational curses, and things like this, we're essentially breaking down what it means to be in the cycle of life, in that revolving door reality. I'm losing my grand. I lost my grandmother, and at the same time, I figured out I'm having a daughter. And in that revelation, in that point in time, the invitation, you know, I understood that I'm only here for a short time, man. I'm only here for a short time, and it's tr- it truly is on the shoulders of giants that we rest. And <laughs> I'm 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 literally here to help some lives leave and some lives come (laughs) it's just it is it is it is truly something else it's not mind-boggling it's not mind-blowing but you know some of the revelations i was having on air and privately it's just it's it's mind-boggling again i call it the invitation because all i'm seeing is more evidence of god and miracles and more how he works through my life how he's working through your life right now how he's allowing (laughs) How he's allowing my own apprehensions to confirm some of the things you guys already know inherently that I'm just second guessing. That's just one thing. And so when I say that, I think it's funny because we left off on the break talking about stewards of the new normals, right? Because that's what they're trying to say. This is the new normal. This is the new world order. You know, this is the new way to be. I think it's funny that as we left off talking about that, we we, we came back talking about, no, we're not stewards of the new normal. We're actually supposed to be obedient to a higher law, to a higher calling, to a greater purpose. You know, and that's the invitation. I'm not in control, but what I am seeing is that there is a greater force in control, and I can choose to listen to it, or I can choose to ignore it. 
And I think you guys have obviously noticed that <laughs> I'm trying to listen more often than ignore him. I lost my grandmother within that two-week period. I was supposed to get married within that two-week period. I found out the gender of my baby a week ahead of time during that time period. My mother summarized it perfectly. You don't get, you either get a wedding, a funeral, or a birth announcement, but you don't get all three. What does it say that God gave me all three all at once? And my father's birthday was like within the same time frame. All, all just happening, bump, 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 one after another. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday is like whenever I found out that she had a, it's that that uh, the cancer had had spread, man. Like it's it's just crazy, you know. But I can't mourn her. I really can't. Uh, there is so much that she has been able to achieve, and so much that she's done, so many places she's been, so many people she's helped. It's just, she set the standard, bro. She set the standard as a good Christian woman. And I just look at not necessarily how we we didn't we didn't tarnish her her legacy, but we definitely could have carried on more of her workings here. But that's not it, you know. I was talking about this too with other exclusive members. They were asking about my situation. I have to look at it only as a blessing still that with with with, with COVID going on, some people were una- unable to spend time with their family members. They were unable to uh, they were unable to read Psalms. They were unable to wash and bathe them. They were unable to feed them themselves. They were unable to take care of some of those things for them. They had to watch through plexiglass and through Zoom. And we were blessed enough to wait on her hand and foot until she passed over. And that in and of itself is a blessing. How many people can say that they were surrounded by the people that they love, waited on hand and feet as they left this world? Not a not a nurse, right? Not a therapist, not a technician, but a family member, somebody you gave birth to. And that's a blessing in and of itself. And so there's so many things that I've just I don't know, that I've been able to gleam from 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 this two weeks that it's 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 mind boggling. You know, it really I again, I really am just seeing that I am not necessarily a steward of the new normal, but up obedient to a higher calling. I'm just here to make sure that some lives leave the way that they should and other lives get birthed the way that they need to. That's the invitation. Understanding the miracle, understanding the cycle, giving glory to God, and understanding that will. We're going to be getting into co- topics that are basically off the charts, man. <laughs> uh, Pope Francis calling for the establishment of a new world order. Biden urging local churches, church leaders to promote COVID vaccines. Like Mark of the Beast style stuff. Prophetic level things. And so, as, as I think this is a good way for me to like segue into talking about stuff. I'm grateful that my grandmother does not have to go through Revelation like I know we are about to. That was a good Christian woman. Yeah, I didn't get married. We can push that down the line. That's okay. But I am, I am 100%, a 1,000% sure that we are in Revelation. That we are moving towards the end of days, prophetic days, and I am very grateful that my that my that my sweetheart of a grandmother does not have to go through this upheaval. 
And for those of you who were wondering, oh, did she take the shot? Did she get the COVID? No. Actually, she didn't get the shot, and she didn't get the COVID. She had, the, she had breast cancer. Uh, she fought it off, and then it returned. And it, it, and it returned a lot more aggressively. Uh, and so, no, she didn't get the shot. It's crazy to say, but I, um, I, I, I was unable to smoke a joint with my grandmother. I got her to try CBD, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's life. This is life. And so I'm grateful that my grandmother doesn't have to go through revelation. I'm grateful that my grandmother doesn't have to see some of the evil, dark, and wicked things that are coming upon us. And I said this, you know, as Rush Limbaugh passed, I said this whenever Art Bell passed, I said this when Rosemary Ellen Guiley passed. I keep saying this when all these people who were influential pass, that hedge of protection's gone. And you heard me talk about this earlier in the week, or at least you should have, on the minicast. That means we have to be that hedge of protection. That's what that insight is. That's what the invitation is. Okay, I'm here to make sure that some lives leave appropriately and that some lives get here appropriately. That's that hedge of protection. That's that. That's calling out for God. That's saying, hey, I need help. And I also need you to help these other people too because I can't do it on my own. And as that hedge of protection leaves this world, departs this world, you heard uh, John Victor from Brazil call in and talk about uh, uh, respecting our ancestors. Will we respect their wishes? Will we carry out their work? If we have time, if I deviate appropriately <laughs> or go on a detour, yeah, I, I think it's funny that there was an article that came out this week from uh, MysteriousUniverse.org that it talked about how there were children already being born or lives that were being reincarnated from 9-11. Like there was a, fi- a kid that was a firefighter during 9-11 that had a proximity suit. He died. And he comes back talking about his, his truck, his proximity suit, always being a firefighter, working with his buddies. But this kid's like four years old. What does he know about proximity suits and, 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 and structural integrity of buildings? So I find that funny that as we were talking about uh, past life experiences, reincarnation and things like this, an article came out this week talking about, no, there are lives already being cycled back as quickly as 9-11. So this is the very mysterious universe we find ourselves in. This is the world we are in. This is 2021. And this is season 11, episode 7. And with that being said... Let's start the show. Did you guys notice they gave me my 300,000 followers? Great. That just means more work. <laughs> no, 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 that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, very interestingly enough, they decided to take all of it, not all of it. it seems like they decided to take off some of the restrictions on Instagram. They decided to give us traffic, views, likes. I probably had over a dozen different messages from people who were like, oh, my God, I can see you again. I haven't seen you for months. Where have you been? And this isn't me talking about being gone for two weeks. I'm talking about like views upwards of 15,000 on Things like this. CBS reports that there are now 13,000 kids in cages at the border. That's on our Instagram TV. 14.9 thousand views. Uh, Russell Brand talking about the military industrial space uh, space complex. 30,000 views. That's crazy because just before taking the break, 
we were hardly reaching a hundred. You heard us. We were talking about quitting. We, 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 we went ahead and configured ourselves to operate on things like Telegram. We started building up whole different platforms on things like CloudHub, MeWe, Parler. They brought that back. So there's a lot of very interesting things taking place. Uh, very, very interesting to say the least. But that's not how we are going to intro this episode. You know, <laughs> everything is moving very fast now because these monsters have things in control. Let me let me segue into this and go ahead and start this segment off talking about climate infrastructure right here. We put this up before we took our break. It exemplifies everything we were talking about. February 24th, it only has 244 likes. We put this up uh, February 24th. It's from Jesse of Truth Unmuted. It says, Deutsche Bank admits that the EU will need an eco-dictatorship to implement the Green New Deal. Now, why are we talking about this? Because it doesn't pertain to anything right now. Well, I'll I'll play a quick video for you guys of uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and Chuck Todd saying that more pandemics are coming because of climate change and also how Biden's biggest federal tax hike since 1993 is meant to fund the infrastructure for these climate initiatives. But uh, this is what I'm saying. They always telegraph their moves, right? We knew this was coming. The Green New Deal should really be the Red New Deal. It's just communists uh, disguising and masquerading themselves as environmentalists. We'll get into more about that later on whenever we talk about an energy justice police that will track your carbon footprint. Again, human behavior, that anti-human agenda. Let's get into this. It says, following President Joe Biden's announcement that the United States would be rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement and subsequent reiterations about pursuing a net carbon emissions goal by sometime between 2030 and 2050, many are left asking, how is such a radical transition in energy markets and usage practical, let alone even possible? A senior economist at Deutsche Bank warns that for the EU's own Green New Deal to succeed, quote, a certain degree of eco-dictatorship will be necessary. Needless to say, the implications of this far are far-reaching and will penetrate every level of society and the political economy, the socioeconomic reformation. As this author aptly points out, in order to achieve carbon neutral or neutrality by 2050, Europe's economy and entire political and legal systems will have to be fundamentally altered. Very true. The Global Warming Policy Forum reports that an analysis published by the Deutsche Bank sharply criticizes the, quote, dishonest debate with which the EU is selling its, quote, Green Deal. And to the people of Europe, the massive risk of the project for prosperity. The economic system and democracy itself should not be concealed, but should be addressed openly. Eric Heyman, a senior economist at the Deutsche Bank Research, warns that Europe's Green Deal and its goal of climate neutrality by 2050 threatens a Europe mega-crisis leading to, quote, noticeable loss of welfare and jobs. And he warns it won't work out without a certain degree of eco-dictatorship. The analysts describe it as dubious that the Green Deal is about is being touted across the board as, quote, new growth strategy, which would allow the EU to become a, quote, fair and prosperous society. While this may look good on paper, Heyman writes, in order to achieve neutrality by 2050, Europe's economy and its entire political and legal systems will have to be changed fundamentally. Yes, fundamentally. Fundamentally. But you see, you could do that if you're going to change the entire infrastructure of your country, like, for the past 30 years. 1993, my friends. 
That's 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 how big the federal tax hike is going to be since 1993. Like, like think about this. What they're telling, they're setting the stage for Agenda 21. They're setting the stage for Agenda 2030. They use COVID-19 to wipe out as many jobs as possible. And then they said, you know what? We should build a completely different society on the ashes of this. Again, more of that Burning Man ideology. <laughs> this is, it's just so crazy to think that there are so many different angles to come at this that, uh, for you to not see what is happening or for people to not put the pieces together is uh, somewhat astounding. But here is Dr. Anthony Fauci and NBC News, Chuck Todd, talking about how more pandemics are coming because of climate change. You didn't, uh, you, you, you didn't properly mask yourself enough. And because of you, you dirty non-anti-masker, uh, we're going to have more, more, more pandemics. How could you? Here is Dr. Anthony Fauci and Chuck Todd saying that more pandemics are coming because of climate change. When you think about, sadly, having to prepare for this again, right? And I know there's a lot of folks who, who think that, you know, due to climate change and due to the globalization in general, it's inevitable we're going to deal with more and more viruses like this. Um, the biggest lesson you're, you're going to take away to prepare for the next one. You know, there are a couple of lessons, Chuck. There are, there are lessons domestically. There are lessons public health-wise, scientifically. Let's take global to begin with. We have to have a better global health security network of interconnectivity, of communication, of transparency, so that we are talking to each other all the time and know what's going <laughs> he on. Said it. We also have to have a continued investment in the science. If you want to look, Chuck, at one of that the success story in this terrible year mm -hmm. has been the extraordinary, unprecedented advance with the vaccine, where, you know, uh, in January of 2020, we started the process, and 11 months later, we had a highly efficacious vaccine yeah. going into the arms of individuals, which is going to be the answer to this, together with public health measures. So keep the science up, continue to support the public health infrastructure, and remain global in our interactions. You know, as I've said so right. many times, a global pandemic requires a global response. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's so crazy just hearing them uh, regurgitate more and more of the propaganda. Appearing on NBC News this Sunday, Dr. Anthony Fauci and host Chuck Todd declared that more pandemics are on the way because of climate change and the globalization. The pair also agreed that a global health network or security network is needed going forward and that anyone planning to go back to their pre-pandemic life is being too hasty. Quote, I know there are a lot of folks who think that due to climate change, due to the globalization in general, it's inevitable. We're going to deal with more and more viruses like this, Todd declared. Fauci responded saying, let's take, let's take global to begin with. We have to have a better global health security network of interconnectivity and communication and transparency. And then that's whenever I chuckled, if you were listening. Right there is where I chuckled because every single post that's related to COVID-19 or any other globally uh, oriented, the international pandemic section, they'll have a whole lot of that. It has a global health security agenda hashtag because that's what Obama instituted, not Trump. 
That's what Obama instituted, the global health security agenda, that interconnectivity network, to where they're able to essentially archive all of your personal data, all of your biological data. The idea is to get like a whole immunization schedule, a whole, uh, it, it sounds crazy, but it's like setting up a, it's like setting up a standard for your nation's health. Like, we're, we're already seeing, like, the isolationist aspect being involved with, 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 with COVID. Like, certain people are developing certain vaccines for certain areas, right? But with the global health security agenda, there'll be, like, an American vaccine, a Russian vaccine, a China vaccine, a uh, European vaccine, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the second segment. But staying on that topic right there, where they are basically merging two different crises, crises together, Two different chaotic events. Uh, you got climate change and the pandemics. There is some truth mixed in with that. But what I'm trying to say is you see them pivoting from one problem to the next. Using both climate change and the virus to terrify people into submission. <laughs> it's the easiest way to describe it. We have an article that we'll get into here later on where it talks about uh, essentially obedience tests in a post COVID world, but here's another article where we have more of the same type of gaslighting. Check this out. It says that Pelosi blames the borders, the border crisis on climate change. And again, more of those, more of that truth mixed with lies. Very strange, right? Comes from your newswires by Nima Harris. They put this up March 15th. It says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says climate change is to blame for the recent surge of migrant children crossing the U.S. border, the U.S.-Mexico border. Pelosi made the remarks during a Sunday appearance on ABC's this week. Pelosi said that, quote, there are more than about 600 to, 600 to 700 more children, unaccompanied children, coming over the border. This is a humanitarian challenge to all of us. What the administration has inherited is a broken system at the border, and they are working to correct that in the children's interest. I'm so pleased that the president, as a temporary measure, has sent FEMA to the border to help facilitate the children going from one 72-hour issue where they are cared for as they are transferred into family homes or homes that are safe to them, for them to be at. So this, again, is a transition for what was wrong from before to what is right. Of course, we have to also look to Central America, Mexico, and the rest. The corruption, the violence, all that. She goes on saying that, quote, My most recent trip to the Northern Triangle that would be Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador... You saw the impact of climate change. These people were leaving because of the drought. They couldn't farm, and they were seeking other ways to survive. There are many reasons to go into this, but the fact that we have to deal with it at the border and some of the people coming there are seeking asylum. I always like to quote our friends in the evangelical movement and one of our here. I'm going to stop right there. More of that grandstanding, but you get what I'm saying. They are going to use the migrants and the children to, again, institute the climate change agenda. And we've talked about this. Weather warfare is a real thing. Uh, if you guys looked at uh, some of the videos we posted on our Telegram channel, it uh, showed how essentially China's looking like Mars these days or how, how, how Beijing looked like Mars with some of the uh, sites that were going on there. Let me see if I can pull this up for you guys. This is an air apocalypse where China was hit by the worst sandstorm in a decade. Uh, and so this is, there is some truth to that type of talk 
but the gaslighting that comes from our politicians is atrocious. Uh, but uh, there we go. Here we are. Yeah, we'll go ahead and pull this up for you guys real quick. It's a quick little clip, a couple seconds long. Uh, but essentially it is a not dystopian, but a apocalyptic type of site. You're literally seeing a, a, a red environment take over. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there is some truth to what Pelosi's saying, but I'm not going to give her more attention than she needs. Uh, but my point behind that, climate change, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, things like that, is them setting up the infrastructure to deal with climate change, lowering your carbon footprint, uh, trying to tackle people for using too much energy, using too much water, right? That was one of the things I had freaked out about uh, in relation to the Texas winter storm and how I felt like they were being punished for introducing the idea of secession. And so this is where resource wars comes in. This is where population control comes in. As Dr. Anthony Fauci said, uh, <laughs> the global health security Network, you see, a lot of things are going to be changing very, very fast. Here, check this out. Biden plans biggest federal tax hike since 1993 to fund the infrastructure and climate initiatives. So as we talked about at the start of the segment with uh, the Paris Climate Accord, Deutsche Bank admitting that they're going to need a EU dictatorship or a, a eco dictatorship, this is it. So when we talk about, you know, from like a sort of conspiratorial or Illuminati aspect, the thousand foot view angle of this, where Obama brought us to a third world nation status, Trump tried to raise us to a first world level status, and we're going to second out, or we're going to bottom out of the second world level status. And the idea behind this is, again, some of that eco dictatorship, that eco, uh, 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 I guess that eco rule. That's, the, that's, that's communism in another name. It's collectivism in another name. It's globalism in another name. Let's get into this, and then we'll continue on. This comes from Activist Post. They put this up March 15th. It says, Households across the U.S. rejoiced over the weekend as they received their first stimulus checks. And as of Bank of America's team of analysts, parse exactly how millions of Americans will spend this money. Will they buy washing machines and toasters, or will they dump it into cryptos and GME? Bloomberg is out with a chilling report alerting Americans to, to the inevitable reality that President Biden, President Biden is about to switch gears from spending to fundraising. Of course, we use that term loosely, despite the fact that Biden just shelled out another $1.85 trillion to finance a third round of stimulus checks, not to mention hundreds of billions in handouts to states and municipalities. His administration isn't raising money to pay for that. Instead, they're looking to finance a Democratic, quote, new, New Deal. Breaking with his former boss, Barack Obama, who signed legislation to make most of the Bush-era tax cuts permanent, Biden is embarking on what could be the biggest federal tax hike since 1993. Remember, no new taxes? <laughs> to finance his infrastructure plan, Biden, uh, Biden's climate change initiatives, health care, and economic inequality. Here's more from Bloomberg. It says, unlike the $1.9 trillion COVID-19 Stimulus Act, the next initiative, which is expected to be even bigger, won't rely just on government debt as a funding source. While it's been increasingly clear that tax hikes will be a 
opponent, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, has said that at least part of the next bill will have to be paid for and pointed to higher rates. Key advisors are now making preparations for a full package of measures. With each tax break and credit having its own lobbying constituency to back it, tinkering with rates is fraught with political risk. That helps explain why Bill Clinton's signature 1993 overhaul stands out from the modest modifications done since. With all the talk about a federal, quote, wealth tax, progressives in certain parts of the country, or certain parts of the country, are already pushing for state wealth taxes in places like New York. The notion that taxes will move higher under Biden is hardly a surprise. According to Bloomberg, the tax hikes would likely take effect next year, despite modest support for delaying them further among some Democrats. An independent analysis of the Biden campaign tax plan published by the Tax Policy Center estimated that the new revenue streams would raise $2.1 trillion over a decade. Although, given the current political climate, with West Virginia's Joe Manchin still acting as a check of Democratic excess, the final total will likely be smaller. To be sure, Democrats will need to convince 10 Republicans to back the bill to circumvent the filibuster. The overall program is yet to be unveiled. Nevertheless, analysts are penciling in about two point. Two trillion to four trillion. No date has been yet set for the announcement, though the White House said that the plan would be introduced after the COVID relief bill was signed into law. Goes on to say that Bloomberg has a list of proposals that are reportedly under consideration. They are all likely they all likely won't make it into the final bill. Notably, the first two bullet points would be effective effectively unwind the two biggest components of the tax Trump tax cuts. Yada yada yada. Uh, raising the corporate tax rate to twenty eight. From 28 to 21%, pairing back tax preferences, raising income tax rates on individuals earning more than 400000 Wow. Uh, expanding the estate taxes, reach a higher capital gains tax rate, and a whole lot of stuff. What I'm trying to get you guys to understand by just blitzing into that is they're going to start changing up everything. Where they're going to start chastising you for how much water you 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 take or how much you're consuming like they're gonna it's it this is the obey big brother government they're making it seem like this is all good on paper but what does that really mean what does it mean whenever they really start drilling down on you i think a better way to look at it is just with this quick headline uh senator erst Joni erst a republican from iowa is introducing a bill mandating the tracking of the white house and executive branches carbon emissions. So imagine that, right? Kind of like a company credit card where you have to track all these things, write certain things off as taxes. Can you imagine being tracked for how long you left the lights on? Or I mean, I know that's like an electric bill already, but how long you left the faucet sink on? Or, you know, how much, uh, how much your food, how much of your food actually uh, impacts the environment? Things like this. They said there's no specific date of whenever they're going to uh, launch the tax rate hike, right? But this is, again, setting the stage for what's to come. You already have, like, a broken population that has, like, no money, no savings. COVID was was the main cause of that. Then there's no jobs for them to come back to. You're giving them money to stay at home. And for some weird reason, we're acting like this is a normal economic model. This is crazy. This is crazy. But unfortunately, we have to continue on talking more about this. More of this 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 clown world and this insanity because it's not done, or at least we are not done 
uh, talking about it. We're going to play for you real quick a, 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 another clip where they're talking about some of the stuff that's going on down there at the border. Uh, the entire there was an entire second segment or the second segment in the episode that I had put up together for you guys uh, that I tried to get into <laughs> talked about the battle at the border where where there was all kinds of stuff going on down there. You have record numbers of much of migrant children sitting in the border in Biden's border patrol cages, hundreds of illegals walking across the border into Arizona completely unimpeded. Mexican cartels caught operating in plain sight on the U.S. border following Biden's insane open border policy. Texas governor launched or deploying the National Guard and state troopers to counter Biden's, or Biden's uh, open border policies. It's like, my God, what was going on down there? And so how does this tie into climate change? Well, where are they going to stay? Where are they going to where are they going to make money? How is all of this going to go down? Climate change. That is a, that is for sure. Weather warfare. If you were cutting off people's abilities to farm, to live in a stable environment, I mean, look at what was going on in California with all those fires and those freak accidents, those people that basically got pushed out of their houses because of those unnatural weather events. We even talked about that, how a, a, a weather modification creates uninhabitable zones for people, for people. That's weather warfare. That's where we're at right now. And so there is some truth, there is some truth to that, to... Uh, to climate change causing the border crisis, but take it a step further. They're not fleeing because of climate change. They're fleeing because of the lockdowns. They're fleeing because there's nothing there. And even in, even in these dark days, America still has that myth of being able to operate and offer them a, 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 a future, right, where they feel like they can come here. They can create a better tomorrow. They can give their child something better. And there's some truth to that as well. They can come here. They can get on welfare. They can get all of the the... the, the the stimulus checks, the EBTs, they can get all the welfare that they need. But Americans can't. And it's very crazy to see this two-tiered justice system. To see, like, Americans be pushed down, but to see foreign people, foreigners and immigrants and things like this come over and, 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 and prosper. I mean, I want to see everybody do well, but it's just, it's, it's, it's just a very, very crazy and convoluted time. Uh, but here, let me go ahead and get this clip up for you guys. This is Biden's DHS chief announcing that he is opening the border for migrants. Yeah. Just bringing the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Secretary Mayorkas, thanks for joining like us Jeff this Bezos. morning. You just heard Cecilia describe the situation there at the border. Total mayhem. It seems to be getting worse today. What's the administration's plan to get it under control? Good morning, George, and thank you for having me. Let me take a step back for a minute and let me uh, explain a very important, uh, make, make a very important point, and that is that the border is secure. The United States Border Patrol secures the border on behalf of the American people. That's what we do, and we are doing it. Uh, in order to keep the American public safe uh, in the time of pandemic, uh, we are expelling families under the CDC's authority. We are expelling single adults, and what we are doing is addressing young children who come to the border to make claims under the humanitarian laws that our country has established years and years ago. And we are building the capacity to address the needs of those children when they arrive, but we are also and critically sending an important message that now is not the time to come to the border. 
And it's an important message, and let me share with you a real-life example why. Uh, we uh, encountered at the border three young children under the age of 10 without a parent or a legal guardian. We did not expel them as the Trump administration did. We took in those children and placed them in the care and custody of health and services until we can put them in the custody of a parent or legal guardian or close relative here in the United States. But their mother didn't make it along the dangerous journey. And that is why we are saying, do not take the dangerous journey now. Give us time to build an orderly, safe way to arrive in the United States and make the claims that the law permits you to make. You've been... You know, what's crazy is uh, we put this article up on our Telegram channel. I think we did. We might, we might have put it up before coming up here, uh, doing the show with you guys. But it was basically an article that talked about how uh, some of the people that are coming over the border are literally given like a, a, a play-by-play sheet, a step-by-step sheet of what to say, how to get across, how to get a free pass, how to get a ticket, like all the stuff they need. Let me see if I can just grab like the quick uh, the screenshot. Yeah, right here. Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft, March 18th. Illegal immigrants given sheet of paper with instructions to appear in court and allowed to fly domestic using the sheet of paper as an ID. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it just goes on to explain it where it's got it right here. Notice to appear, date, like a whole form, form number. I think it's form number uh, 181-862. Yeah, we didn't post it, but this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. You know, I'm going to play another quick clip for you guys of the CBS reporter talking about how there's now over 13,000 kids in cages at the border. But I couldn't help but think when looking at the clip uh, for for this gentleman, for the DHS chief, they're preparing the next generation of air quotes Americans to learn to be obedient order followers and experimental guinea pigs. Like we're over here frustrated because we're having to wear masks and stuff. You got to think about where some of these people are coming from where they have to get routine tests, right? They have to get, uh, they have to have their flu shots, their polio shots. They're coming from foreign countries where they are getting tested. And they're, they're, they're used to showing their papers, right? We as Americans, as, 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 as people from this generation and, and back, we're not used to that level of just like government involvement and, 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 and intrusion, right? We like privacy, we like security. These people have given it up for this myth of American freedom. And so that's why they have their papers. That's why they're used to getting surveilled on. That's why they're used to getting the handouts. That's why they're used to getting experimented upon. It really, it really is, unfortunately, that simple. And so you're going to have people on both sides of the aisle that see these next generation, this this, this next crop or this next generation of Americans um, as something to turn into a political football. I, I thoroughly believe that's what's going to happen. You're going to have people say, hey, uh, we should we should use the migrants this way. We should use the migrants that way, and I, I'm I'm not really quite sure what to say about it, uh, because there are so many different angles to this that, you know. I just I guess I just look at it from an honest angle. These people are coming here. They're wanting like a better life. I mean, shucks, bro. I'm out here in New Mexico, so I understand. I understand that there are hardworking Mexican people. There are hardworking folk that come here do the work that unfortunately gringos don't want to do and other people don't want to do. That's just the sad fact. They bust their hump. They wake up super early at like four o'clock in the morning 
and then they hustle all day until about six or seven. And then they either have like a little side hustle that they're doing or like crafts and things that they're working on to make that extra money. And I really can't applaud that. And so they come here, they have these, 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 these understandings and these hopes and these aspirations. And yeah, they take advantage of all that we have to give them. We have a cash cow of opportunities, but because we are so busy fighting with all this nonsense, trying to make a perfect system, we ourselves don't profiteer off of the system. If anything, we get victimized by it. It's a very, very crazy concept, man. But uh, here, let's play this quick clip of this CBS reporter saying that there are now 13,000 kids in cages at the border. Very, very crazy. But at the same time, it's not. You know, uh, before I play this, I have to point out the fact that a lot of these kids get put back in sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. That's another reason why we watch out for it. We're talking about the climate infrastructure. We also have to talk about the whole way everything is changing in and of itself. You see. if uh, I'll play this and then we'll continue on. Sorry for the rant. ...crisis on the southern border that is growing larger and more dire by the day. Tonight, we have got the stunning new numbers. Sources tell CBS News more than 13,000 migrant children who entered the country without their parents are now in U.S. custody. The government says even more adults are being turned back every day. The Secretary of Homeland Security admitting today that so many people are now crossing the border. His department is on pace to stop more migrants than in the past 20 years. And with so many children, including toddlers, now flooding into the country, CBS News has learned the Biden administration is running out of space to house them and people to process their claims. Now, President Biden said today he has no plans to visit the border right now. And DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says while the situation is difficult, his department is tackling it. But critics of Mr. Biden, including Republicans in Congress, are blaming the president tonight for rolling back the strict border policies of the Trump administration. We've got a lot of new reporting on this, along with some important headlines on two coronavirus vaccines. Our team is standing by. CBS's Maria Vidal is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the southern border in Texas. Good evening, Maria. Good evening, Nora. Right now, CBS has learned that unaccompanied minors on average are being held in facilities like this one for 120 hours. That breaks down to five days and well over what the law allows of 72 hours. The Biden administration is calling this a challenge, but local law enforcement officers that we embedded with say this is an absolute crisis. Desperation and frustration growing as groups flow into the U.S. Deputy Ruben Salinas handles his regular duties during the day and patrols the banks of the Rio Grande River at night. We average about the most uh, about 300. An historic number of migrants crossing into the U.S. illegally created an overwhelming need for more help in the Rio Grande Valley. Children joining us, we're going to begin with a humanitarian yeah, crisis on the southern border. Straight up. It, it, it trips me out that it was literally like almost two, yeah, almost two years ago that I took my own trip down there to the border uh, and I caught footage of them just kind of hopping around right there. We also saw Beto O'Rourke's campaign down there. And we also decided to stir some stuff up. But, yeah, no, the, the, the border crisis is a very real thing. Uh, people are definitely coming over every single day and they have all the dreams and the aspirations of everything that I said. They want a better tomorrow. Uh, they're hoping that 
American America can still provide that uh, if you track and follow some of what a lot of the immigrants are coming over here saying they expect Joe Biden to be a better more lenient president whenever it comes to immigration and things like this uh, this is multiculturalism this is the mass uh, mass migration this is immigration invasion this is no borders also no USA at all all right this is also regionalism this is a part of the globalism okay where where they collapse the set the, the the southern border where we become a uh, I forget what it's called but it's you know the USMCA where we all become like one region check this out right here uh, Trump warns border crisis will quote get much worse as Biden pleads with migrants don't come over an article that comes from Planet Free Will they put this up March 17th I'm only going to read a little bit of this uh, because the article coming after is much more important it says video clips of massive lines of migrants waiting to cross the southern border have gone viral even as mainstream media admit or maintains its eerie silence about the growing number of children winding up in border detention facilities aka cages as the border crisis unleashed by the Biden administration worsens even prompting the president to plead with migrants to not keep coming during the ABC News interview released last night. President Trump has returned for an interview with Fox News business host Maria Bartiromo, where he laid in a Biden for aggravating the border crisis by reinstating catch and release and rolling back other forms of enforcement. During the primetime interview, Trump told Bartiromo that he had a Mexican president, AMLO, had fostered a, quote, great relationship. AMLO has been speaking out about the situation at the border, too criticizing Biden for encouraging illegal immigration and that AMLO had shared a joint interest in controlling illegal migration at the border. Trump warned that the wave of migration will, quote, destroy our country if we don't do something about it. Quote, Lopez Obrador is a great gentleman. We had a very good relationship. They had 28,000 soldiers on our border while we were building the wall. And they will also stop and they were also stopping them at the northern border by Honduras, El Salvador and Guatemala. Trump said, quote, today they are coming in. You take a look. They are coming in from foreign countries. I see they are coming in from Yemen. They are coming in from the Middle East. They are coming in from everywhere. He said they are dropping them off and they are pouring into our country. It's a disgrace. Quote, they are going to destroy our country if we don't do something about it. Quote, frankly, our country can't handle the increase in migrants. It is a crisis that we have rarely had, and certainly we have never had on the border. But it is going to get much worse. I'd have to agree. It's just getting started. Um, it, it 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 truly is just getting started. And I'm just going to point this article out real quick. This is uh, said by I think the Texas Lieutenant Governor about some of the kids that are coming in here because it is getting bumps right. They are coming from foreign countries. We've talked about it as well, how there are ISIS cells on the southern border training, right? Straight up, they found like an ISIS terrorist cell out here in New Mexico. That that fool went, I think, to South Carolina. is either South Carolina or Alabama to continue to do the same thing. And they found evidence of him just like training his children to be like shooters and like all kinds of crazy stuff, but that shows you again where we're at. That shows you the infiltration, the casual infiltration, right? That's not gaslighting. That's not fear mongering. When Trump's saying, "Hey, they're coming in from the Middle East, they're coming in from Yemen, they're coming in from everywhere," that's because it's 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 
it's it's it's open it's open season on our border right now. That's human trafficking. We're not talking about drug trafficking. You see? There's there's there's, there's there are a lot of angles when it comes to it to him. Uh, and this is just the people coming here, right? I don't even want to get into the thought process of just like Antifa linking up with ISIS at the southern border to distribute information. And that was, again, another thing that we had point, paid attention to. Uh, even out here, I, 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 know I'm, I know I'm going on a rant. I'll get back into this in a second. But that there were Antifa cells linking up with, uh, with, 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 with the cartel buying guns. Yeah, we had, we had reported on that because that was a very real thing. I remember freaking out about that, that you legit had Antifa cells linking up with the cartel, buying guns, and then distributing them across like the, the, the nation. Uh, here, more stuff on the border, then we'll get into the culmination of it all. Migrant children will end up in sex trafficking. Texas Lieutenant Governor said this. This is an article by Jack Phillips of the Epoch Times. They put this up March 17th. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said this. Uh, quote, they are sending children into this country having no idea where they are going to end up, Patrick told Fox News, referring to the burgeoning number of migrant children arriving at the border without any parental supervision. Quote, and some of these children are, are going to end up in sex trafficking when they take these kids and send them to Uncle Bob in New Jersey, wherever it may be. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely right. A fair amount of these kids do end up in child sex trafficking. But we're talking about climate infrastructure, Right. Climate infrastructure, as everything is changing, the socioeconomic collapse, the socioeconomic reformation, getting us away from fossil fuels, getting us to embrace green technology, embrace this new normal. Think about this. Thousands of migrants coming, millions of jobs, jobless claims are are, are peaking right now. But think about this. Everybody wants to work. But nobody can afford it. How is that gonna? How's that gonna play out? Robots, right here. An article by Jim Hightower. They put this up March 17th over there at Activist Post. Robots are coming from millions of blue-collar jobs, but they won't stop there. And so, before I get into this, think about this, guys. I don't. I'm, I, I, I feel like it's racist and rude to say all oh, the Mexicans are coming for your jobs. It's not the Mexicans that are coming for your jobs, or the foreigners, man. These are people that are looking for work. And if you're not willing to do the dirt and, and, and get dirty to feed your family, well, then there are other people that do want to feed theirs. But think about this. Let's pull back from even that. What happens when the robots get here? Because of automation, the robots aren't going to get sick. The, ro- the robots aren't going to catch COVID, right? The robots don't have to sleep. They're just programs. And you already see that gradually moving in that direction. It's going to be a very, very interesting world because, again, Sticking to the climate act, the, the, the climate angle of this, they don't have a, a high carbon footprint. You can modify everything you need on them to lower their carbon footprint, and you can manage their energy consumption, and oh, and and overview their, their 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 productivity. You see. So as we have all of this human capital, all this great. Uh, 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 potential that humans can be used for and utilized to do they're going to give us robots instead let's look into this it says some people find hunting for sport to be abhorrent 
Some hunters have come up with euphemisms to make what they do sound gentler on the ears of the non-hunting public. For example, animals aren't killed, they're harvested, and dead prey is not gutted, but processed. That's what I say. I say butchered. Harvested sounds cool and processed. Yeah, I say, I sometimes I say processed. Corporate America has taken note of this verbal ploy and is now adopting it. For your CEOs, urgently needed for urgent, the urgently needed euphemisms to soften the image of their cons- constant hunt for ways to kill jobs and funnel more money to themselves and top investors. Their urgency is that they are now pushing a huge new surge in job cuts, this time targeting college-educated white-collar professionals, or white-collar professionals. Their weapon is the same sort of neutron bomb they've used to dispatch millions of blue-collar workers. Robots. But that term has a very bad reputation, so robots have been relabeled with a nondescript acronym. RPA, Robotic Process Automation. Uh, so this is why you're not essential. You see how that works? You see how they already pre-programmed you telling you, hey, you're not essential, but the robots are. This robotic process automation. These are not your grandfather's old bots, merely doing repetitive mechanical tasks. Sophisticated automatons armed with artificial intelligence have quietly have quietly moved up the corporate ladder to take over cognitive work that had been the niche of such highly paid humans as financial analysts, lawyers, engineers, managers, and doctors. This is more than just an incremental extension of a long, slow automation process. It's a transformative big bang presently ripping through America's workforce at warp speed, with no public or political attention, and and most of the vulnerable employees have no idea what's coming. Corporate executives, boards, and investors do know, however, for they've been rushing for... What does that say? Furtively, in the past year or so, to implement RPA initiatives. The New York Times reports that a survey of executives last year found that nearly 80% of them have already put some forms of RPA in place, with an additional 16% planning to do so within three years. Yes, that's 96% of corporate employers using RPAs. Sales of the new age automation software are are booming, turning little-known providers like UI path and automation anywhere into multi-billion dollar behemoths intent on radically shrinking the job market here and elsewhere. And then it just goes on to explain it in depth because that's the plan. And so they're going to retrain everybody. They're going to have to have sustainable development. They're going to have to have sustainable education. Being able to retrain people. Or as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, de-radicalizing and then reprogramming people. You see, the idea is to get everybody on board. Lower your carbon emissions. Put your uh, put your mask on. You're doing it for the betterment of everybody. You don't want to lose your job, do you? You don't want to lose any of the benefits we've given you, do you? And so for my final article of this segment, which I think encapsulates everything I'm trying to say, right here. A energy justice police will track your carbon footprint. An article that comes from Larry Bell via America Out Loud, but the good folks over there at Technocracy News put it up March 17th. And it basically goes over how a professor at, or how a professor basically talks about just that. Tracking your carbon footprint. Tracking how much you consume versus how much you produce. You see, earlier in the start of the show, I talked about how, you know, we're, we're, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. How I'm here to 
make sure some lives leave this world properly and how other lives get brought here properly, right? And I had made a joke about how they don't want that. They don't want us to be guardians of the realm. No, they want us to be stewards of the new normal. This is what it is. This is what it is. This energy justice, whatever the heck, energy justice police, the social justice warriors, the thought police, right? The big brothers, the eco-extremists, whatever you want to call them, these folks are going to be the ones telling you that you're not being a good enough person. You're not a, you're not a good enough steward of the new normal. Let's read this and then we'll close out this segment. It says, control over energy has been a core tenet of technocracy since its inception in 1932 at Columbia University. Energy is the, quote, accounting system for technocracy that oil, the oil that lubricates the resource-based economic system controlled exclusively by technocrats. No, there won't be any escape. Fully expect your future carbon footprints to be traced to a crime scene subject to, quote, climate and energy justice violations in the High Tribunal of Sustainability. <laughs> this, this sounds ridiculous, but you guys remember, long-time listeners remember, remember a couple years ago we covered how you could go and confess your climate sins? It's like, oh, I had too much steak. Oh, I drove, I drove to uh, three, three states over. Oh, I drove to Ohio. Oh, I drove to Canada. Oh, I eat um, non-gluten-free, or I guess just regular ice cream. And, and, and I know that sounds silly, but these are all things that affect the climate and the energy production. Long-time listeners uh, remember a couple years ago, we went over an article where they were able to compare the distance and the, the the amount the distance that you could travel in a car and how that would calculate to the production of a sandwich so like the uh, how much like a sandwich would, would 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 amount to the distance traveled in a car it's like seven i forget like what the exact conversion was uh, but this is the technocracy this is them being able to monitor your footprint your activity your energy your consumption your production and more and come up with these crazy different formulas uh, to, to, to do just that, to see whether or not you're sustainable. And I know that sounds crazy, but this is everything Greta Thunberg's going on about. This is exactly what Agenda 2030 is about, Agenda 2035, Agenda 2050, and more. Uh, but getting back into this, it says, Such sins will include ownership and operation of an internal combustion vehicle, tampering with regulated upper or lower thermostat limits, and or excessively excessive electricity consumption based upon your maximum household square foot square foot per occupancy allowance. Why believe me? Quite simply, because America's recently controlling political party has already initiated a fast-track train wreck agenda to shut down and replace 80% of the abundant and reliable hydrocarbon energy, energy by growing the 5% currently provided by the anemic intermittent wind and solar electricity. Yeah, this is what Biden means when he says, I'm going to shut down the oil and gas industry. They're going to shut our power off and force us to adopt this, this, this Green New Deal, this global green communism. Getting back into this, it says, on top of this, the plan, was, the plan will vastly increase electricity demand and cost by phasing out most petroleum fuel vehicles in favor of heavy taxpayer and consumer subsidized plug-in models, electric cars. Uh, when inevitable power shortages occur, rationing is almost certain to follow. Yes, we've talked about this as well. 
uh, with the California Power, Gas, and Electric brownouts that took place because of some of the fires. People not being able to get the power. They told you to get used to that for the next 10 years. And look at where we are now, where they are already trying to tell us to get used to rationing your power. Isn't that what happened in Texas? I, 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 I keep getting triggered reading this. It says, and you can bet your last incandescent light bulb that they're very serious. On his first day in, office, in the Oval Office, President Biden capped off the Keystone XL pipeline at the Canadian border, along with about 11,000 jobs and 830,000 barrels of oil per day it would have delivered, which must be now transported by more expensive rail and trucks. As part of his $2 trillion, quote, equitable clean energy future agenda, but President Biden has pledged to recommit America to the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement, eliminating carbon emissions from electricity by 2035, and shifting from oil, natural gas, and coal to achieve a, quote, net carbon emissions by 2050. In short, the Biden agenda will terminate an energy resource that has stimulated over $200, $200 billion worth of investments in new factories, generated millions of jobs, produced vital federal and state revenues, reduced the, the trade deficit by several hundred billion dollars, and expanded America's political flexibility and influence regarding foreign, advise, advi, foreign adversaries and allies alike. China and India, which have represented 80% of the emission increase, are not bound to the pact and are dramatically ramping up coal, coal and oil development. Yeah, they're the ones that are for sure the major producers of, 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 of carbon nonsense. But there's, there's, there's so much to go on even there. You know, there really is. Because they're acting like carbon's the bad thing. You have to reduce your carbon footprint. Well, well, how does that work? Because there's photos. A new NASA satellite data has proven that carbon dioxide is greening the earth and restoring the, fo the forests. So why are we having to watch our carbon footprint? Why are we not allowed to renew and green the planet? They're telling you that carbon dioxide, because that's what you are, you're a carbon-based life form, that you're a bad creature. You darn dirty carbon-based life form, we better reduce your footprint. You better know. You better not go out there and start greening the earth and restoring the forests. You better stay inside and die and wait for COVID to come. What kind of insane clown world nonsense is this, you see? They say, oh, trust the science, trust the science. No, they're saying, obey big brother. They're saying, don't you think. Don't you put two and two together. This is a very, very strange world they're trying to create. And if I didn't have a lick of sense about me, I think it would make a bunch of sense. Because you hear, speaking of Beto O'Rourke and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, remember those jokers telling you that the world was going to end in about 12 years or so? Well, that's because that's what they were doing. I talked about that earlier this week on the show. How, yeah, the world as we know it might be ending because they are for sure trying to bring in this new normal. They are for sure trying to bring in this green new deal. And they're trying to position themselves as if they're truly humanitarians and advocates for humanity. But we know that's everything that they're not. They're totalitarians. They're control freaks. These are megalomaniacs, millionaire megalomaniacs with way too much control, trying to manipulate reality. The climate infrastructure, <laughs> I, I can't do anything but laugh. I truly can't. All I can do is say, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into more of the insanity that is clown world, the international epidemics that are taking place, the violation of the social contract, child suicide becoming an international epidemic, <laughs> Italy launching a criminal manslaughter after a teacher died 
hours after getting the COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, for sure. And a 65-year-old woman in Texas being tackled and arrested for not wearing a mask. Insanity. Yeah, more of the clown world craziness is coming up on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. That's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with, with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths. Fear of germs, why these fucking pussies? <laughs> Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? <laughs> Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. <laughs> so, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? <laughs> I'll tell you what you're going to do, you're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. <laughs> now, tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. <laughs> and at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. Secret powers are in play. Where nothing is as it seems. One brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth 
a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Because if you know, you know. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I know. I know. I know a couple things. I really do. And I know a couple people I'm really proud of. You know, we... This show, you know, what, what, what I, 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 I don't really, I tell you this all the time, that I really don't think I'm doing anything until I try to stop doing things, and then I see how much stuff I really do, and then how much, what it is that I do do, how much this inspires other people to do things that I cannot do, and I thoroughly think that sometimes I get burnt out doing this work, I throw myself into it. Um, you can't not throw yourself into it, but I tell you what, getting back into the groove of things is a little bit more difficult than I had anticipated. Uh, I all week I was asking myself, my God, how did I do this? I got to figure out how to, how to streamline this man. Cause you'll burn yourself out doing all this work. There is so much stuff for us to get caught up, uh, caught up on and caught up in, right, that it's overwhelming. You have to learn control. You have to learn discipline. You have to learn boundaries. You have to respect space. You got to learn all this stuff. And we, got, we, we have some crazy times coming on. We were in some crazy times. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, I heard somebody speak, still, still thinking about, you know, things in that generational curses aspect. Uh, inheriting like family wisdom, things like this and more. You know, I heard somebody earlier this week talking about how the modern the modern person makes so many decisions by the time they leave, makes more decisions by the time they leave their house than somebody that lived hundreds of years ago than they would in an, in an entire month, that it's not the same, that our, our thought process is not the same. Uh, truly, we live in like a time frame where things are converging, where timelines are converging where uh, possibilities are reaching their eventuality or reaching their time, re- reaching their their their, uh, their point, so to speak. I'm not sure what, uh, what, what word to use. But we make so many different decisions that our ancestors didn't have to make. We live in a completely different world that our ancestors didn't have to make, that things are so crazy that if you really take a step back and you look at it, this is why things are moving so fast. This is why all I can say is this is no longer politicking. This is beyond historic. It's prophetic. The things that we are going through are 
definitely not normal. And that's why I keep coming back to needing that super that supernatural sense to process it because there's no way that anybody in their in in in, in their in their right thinking mind would think that this is normal. Anybody that has like a historical context and anybody that's using like discernment today and then tapped into something larger in anybody that's in their right mind right now knows that things are not normal. And I think that's something in and of itself. And so I don't know, whenever I heard that earlier this week that we make more decisions by the time we leave our door versus people and our ancestors than the decisions they'd have to make in entire months, it really did hit home because you're right. Time moved a lot slower. Um, a couple, a couple years ago, a couple generations ago, things are moving so fast now that it truly is. It, it, it truly is a case of whatever you did yesterday sets the stage for where you are today and will determine your trajectory for tomorrow. That's why all I can really continue to keep pushing for you guys is discipline, focus, uh, organization, getting it together. Do not fall in prey to all these things that are going on uh, because things are crazy and you really have to be precious and protective of who you spend your who you spend your time with, who you give your time with, who you surround yourself with and what you really invest yourself in. Because I, I it, it truly is important. This is not a spec. Life is not a spectator sport. And the time frames we are in, they are be like I said, they're beyond historic. They're prophetic, and we really have a chance to do both do good in chaotic times. But that means in accepting the responsibility and stepping up to handle the mantle. And a lot of folks don't want to do that. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm ranting. Let's go ahead and start getting back into things. I played this clip for you guys earlier this week on the show. Uh, this is of that 65-year-old Texas woman essentially being manhandled by a jackboot of the bank uh, for trying to withdraw her money. And then the bank, Renacop, decides to uh, get confrontational, man. And it, 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 it is sad to see this, that this is how we treat our fellow humans. I guess because I look at my grandfather grandmother passing and I have respect for older people shucks that I, I, I look at this and this is just sad to me but uh, here is this quick clip of a 65 year old Texas woman being tackled and arrested for not wearing a mask inside of Bank of America If, if they ask you to leave, you have to leave. My money's in this bank, and I'm going to take it out. Well, then you have to abide by the rules, that, and you have to have a mask on. Is, this is a state? It's not. You should have the right to refuse service, even if you're not wearing That's a mask. That's I'm their choice. My money out. Awesome. Well, you need to go and get a mask, and then take your money out. You're not allowed to do. Ma'am, listen, minutes. we're going to do this the easy way or the hard way. What are you going to do? Arrest me? Yes, for intruding on premises. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and you believe in this? I believe in it. Do you believe in this? The laws, yes. The law says that I do not have to wear a mask. You can not in public, my but you're right. not in public. You're not in my, public. Yes. I'm not going to argue with you about place. this. This is not a public okay, place. I'm this is a private time. business. No, you're business. not. We're going to go outside. Are you serious? Do I look like I'm kidding? Well, I don't know. Because let's let's walk, go I'm off. Gonna... Out. 
Sorry. You've got some issues. I've got issues. That you're taking away okay. people's human rights. Okay. Oh, now he's going to shoot side. me, people. Is no. he going to shoot me for trying not to breathe? Cool. Come cool. on, Come on. dude. Don't re- oh, don't do that. Oh, no. Do not touch me. Who do you think you are? Point time. Oh, back thing. up, back up. Some old lady is getting handcuffed. As here. she tries to leave, he decides to get a little bit more confrontational. Back that up. Ma'am, are you? Back, back that up. So as she tries to leave, you hear him say, oh, don't do that. So, so it, she tried to leave, right? It, it, is that not what he said? He's like, oh, you got to leave. He's like, all right, word. She starts to leave. And then he's like, oh, don't you do that. So the minute she stands her ground, he gets argumentative. She leaves. He sees it as a reason to come after her and begin to tackle her. So let's, let's continue to listen to that, man. That's, that's, that's jacked up to me. Okay, oh, let's go now he's, is no. going to shoot me, people? Is no. he going to shoot me for trying not to breathe? Cool. Come cool. on, Come on, dude. Don't re- Oh, don't do that. Oh, no. Do not touch me. Who do you think you are? Point time. Oh, back thing. up, back up. Some old lady is getting handcuffed here. There, people. Ow. Ma'am, are put you? your hands behind you your back. Say, you don't stop resisting. Please. Stop. Are you gonna? Is anybody gonna like get real here? Really? Relax. No one's gonna get real. Wow. Come on. Oh, you smash my head down now. Now you're smashing my arm into my private area. Your private area? Yeah. Put your hands behind your back. Crazy. My hand. He'll he'll play politically correct police with her when she says my private area, but he's got no problem putting putting his hands. On a 65-year-old woman as she's trying to retreat. Yeah. Real real, real scumbag-like. And the men that are sitting there watching, not even like trying to say, like, come on, man. This is somebody's grandmother or somebody's mother. You could treat her with a little bit more respect to sit here and disrespect her like this in public. What are you doing? What are you doing? And that's what this is all about. This is all about just disrespecting somebody. This is all about putting them in their place. This is all about saying, hey, you're not allowed to have freedom. I saw a clip uh, last week where uh, it was it was a lady sitting in a Starbucks drive through talking about uh, trying to collect her Starbucks cup. But the lispy, effeminate man in Starbucks saying, uh, man, put your mask on. She's like, I got to put a mask on to receive my coffee. He's like, yes. She's like, just give me my coffee. What are you talking about? He's like, I can give you a mask and then I can give you your coffee. She's like, are you serious? Do you see how ridiculous he said you sound? He says, ma'am, if I have to wear a mask, then you have to wear a mask. And so this is it. This is crazy. I keep asking the question of when did the social contract get broken? Well, it didn't get broken. It got replaced with the community guidelines. That's what you're seeing right now. Yeah, this this happened. This this arrest the that audio listeners can't see right now. This happened after Greg Abbott removed the mask mandate. So legally, she was like allowed. She'll get off for doing this. But it's the public humiliation factor of demeaning somebody for being a free thinker, for consciously carrying out these acts. She was there to remove her money. Oh, they didn't let her remove her money. All right. Well, then she tried to leave. What did the cops say? Oh, well, I just, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yo, I can't let you leave. That's insane to me, man. Talk about international epidemic. This is what I'm talking about. The violation of the social contract 
and everything that comes with that. I freaked out about it earlier this week. How Joy Behar, that that clown, how Joy Behar and Hillary Clinton both referred to anti-lockdown protesters as domestic terrorists. This is insane. International epidemic. The violation of the social contract, replacing it with the community guidelines. As brought to you by Twitter and Google. But check this out. More of the clown world insanity right here. Biden urges local church leaders and doctors to promote the COVID vaccines. Should President Trump help uh, promote the vaccine among skeptics, sir? Especially those Republicans who say that they're not willing to take it? A lot of reports from serious reporters like you saying that. I discussed it with my team, and they say the thing that has more impact than anything Trump would say to the MAGA folks is local doctor, what the local preachers, what the local people in the community say. So I urge, I urge all local docs and, and ministers and priests to talk about why, why it's important to get, in, to get that vaccine. And even after that, until everyone is, in fact, vaccinated to wear this mask. Dude, this is so sketchy uh, because not only did Donald Trump come out advocating for people to get the vaccine, I literally saw a, a uh, African-American uh, minister, reverend, bishop, preacher. I'm not sure, man, what she was, but she was over there in New Jersey standing in front of Cuomo over here grandstanding. I, I, I know her first name is Tracy. I forget what, the, what, the, what, what her last name is. She's like, I'm not looking at the ingredients. I'm not researching it all. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to roll up my sleeve and I'm going to just take it. And I couldn't like the clip. It, like it's, it's, it's a press conference that knew that the, that, that, New Jersey governor or New York governor um, um, Andrew Cuomo's in the Cuomo's in it it, it 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 honestly astonished me to hear her glorify such ignorance it literally did and this is like it, 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 it literally frustrated me to hear her turn essentially a sermon into a a a a a, a, a an ad for 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 vaccines like, I'm all about uh, bodily autonomy, medical freedom, uh, conscientious objectors, letting people have access to the information, making informed consent. I'm all about people being educated and getting informed and being uh, being aware about what's happening. And everything that Tracy lady was talking about over there in uh, New Jersey, it, 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 it frustrated me because you literally have her telling her congregation and the entire state and the world, basically, hey, don't question the, thought, the, the shot. Don't question the ingredients. Don't look this stuff up. Just roll up your sleeve and thank God that you have one. And that, to me, is atrocious. It's dangerous. We'll come back to this here in a second because even before coming on to the air, this happened. More of this stuff, more of Joe Biden's COVID-19 action plan right here. Franklin Graham urges clergy to support COVID vaccines. Says Jesus would have, had, would have used them too. No, he wouldn't have talks about that in the Bible. Do not inject foreign substances into your body. 
And on top of that, do not inject somebody else's blood inside of your body. So what the hell is this? That we now have people, we have a trust trust the science type government, obey big brother, reality, where people don't think for themselves. They just trust some half senile, demented old man to, to, to elect people to these positions to help them. My God, bro, think about this. We literally have pharmaceutical companies that help cause this problem working on the solution. I'm, I'm thinking to myself now, shucks, should we even call these doctors doctors or should we tell them what they are? They're pharmaceutical reps. These people are trying to conduct an experiment on you. Like, let me, I'm, I'm getting frustrated. Let me read a little bit of this, get into these articles, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start all this because this is, this, is, this is beyond clown world. Uh, President Biden, this comes from Nima Harris over there, News Punch. They put this up March 16th. It says President Biden doesn't seem to agree with his chief COVID 19 advisor's view that Donald Trump would be a, quote, game changer in promoting vaccines. He thinks instead that local pastors and doctors would have the biggest impact. Biden said on Monday that, quote, the thing that's most, that has more impact than anything Trump would say to the MAGA folks is what the local doctor, what the local preacher, and what the local people in the community said, adding the quote, so I urge all local docs and ministers and priests to talk about why. Why it's important to get that vaccine, and even after that, until everyone is, in fact, vaccinated to wear this mask. So think about this, man. You literally have you literally have them saying, hey, we're going to take over your churches, we're going to take over your hospitals, we're going to take over your local community centers, and we're going to tell you, we're going to tell you, How to obey. We're going to teach you how to be essentially the perfect slave, the perfect servant, man. Like, I'm going to do a little quick detour over here. Just read this quick headline. Just blows my mind. Rand Paul suggests the people who had COVID-19 don't need the vaccine. Holy crap. Wow. Senator Rand Paul, the Republican, the Republican on Tuesday, suggested the people like himself who have had COVID-19 and recovered do not need to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's like he's, you know, practicing common sense or something. But what does it say that we are now in a time to where they advocate child testing, youth testing, uh, public experimentation, and more? It's no longer about informed consent. It's It's no longer about freedom of thought, bodily autonomy, medical freedom. None of that. No. Just do what the community guidelines advise. Obey. Which leads me to this next article right here. Talking about all of these things and more. Professor Warren's post-corona society is a, quote, national obedience contest. This, called, this comes from Paul Joseph Watson over there at InfoWars. The folks over there at Planet Free will put this up March 16th. And it says that Norwegian psychology professor Charlotte Reitz warns that our post-corona society has turned into a, quote, national obedience contest that will have a devastating effect on mental health for years to come. Yeah. Just obey. Okay. The masks don't protect you. The vaccine won't save you. Right. Your isolation didn't help. But just keep doing it all, all right? Just just die for us, and we'll be you'll 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 you'll, you'll be all right. We'll just smuggle you like Jeffrey Epstein, and you'll be okay. Now think about this, guys. I I, I said it before. I made an alluding to it that 
the breaking of the so, the breaking of the social contract is really the transformation into the community guidelines. Is everybody adhering, right? Like Joy Behar and Hillary Clinton and various other uh, politicians have said, those anti-lockdown protesters are domestic terrorists because they are not being obedient. They are being free-thinking individuals. They're not being slaves. Don't they know that government is here to help them? Let's continue on. It says, Reitz, a professor of psychology at the University of Tromso, says that the adverse psychological impact of lockdowns have not been factored into any kind of cost-benefit analysis. Quote, the political landscape has changed to become a national obedience contest, Reitz told the national broadcaster NRK. Quote, we compete to have the strictest measures for the entire population in the whole country as long as possible. And all this without having weighed the cost and effect of the measures you put in place against the costs and consequences. Reitz went on to point out that the measures used to fight the pandemic will end up having a worse impact than the pandemic itself. Quote, we have a large increase in mental health problems, social and emotional problems, and a broad swath of children and adolescents. In many ways, we actually do much worse after all these measures. Reitz noted the young people will suffer the most. Yeah, we, we, we have an article coming up talking about how child suicide is becoming an international epidemic, which is what this segment's titled after. But you've got to think about it from their point of view. In a couple of years, in the span of four years, they have had people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Beto O'Rourke, say that the world is coming to an end. The world as you know it is coming to an end. And that on top of that, they've been propagandized to about this deadly virus and how it's so deadly you have to be tested to see whether or not you have it. Yeah, they, they, they see all of this experimental vaccination talk. They see that people aren't talking about this. So, heck, yeah, there's going to be some mental issues. You're going to have kids that are disassociating from reality, uh, getting involved in intoxicants, hallucinogens, psychedelics, psychotropics, and things like this and more. So, yeah, there is a for sure mental health epidemic coming that this has caused. Continuing back on with the article, it says, quote, there is no doubt that this is, is children and young people who will bear the brunt of infection control measures in Norway. And there are now many studies that show that both behavioral problems, concentration problems, loneliness, depression, and anxiety have increased greatly, both in younger and older age groups. The professor said that everyone had been, quote, too obedient and that they should rebel a little. Yeah. Norway had recorded only 640 COVID-19 deaths, which is vastly fewer than many other European nations. However, Oslo Municipality recently introduced new restrictions that saw schools shut down and people being banned from allowing more than two visitors in their homes. As we highlighted last week, Stanford's Dr. Jay Batyara told Newsweek that COVID-19 lockdowns are the, quote, single worst public health mistake in the last 100 years. One of the number of experts, one of, one of a number of experts to make the argument who have been largely shunned by governments. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We are in a, our po one of the comments right here summarizes it perfectly. It says our post-corona society has turned into blank and it's not even a post-corona society yet. People are dying to fit in, literally. Yeah, some of these, some of these comments are off the chain uh, because they are on point. They really are. You know, I had a, a third segment titled The Trials of Health for the episode that I was going to do. Uh, 
and it talked about how comedian Ben Stein gave a warning of the severe side effects, but even after so, he said that he was glad that he got it. It's like, oh, my head is spinning. Oh, you know, I felt like I was dying for a second there, but I'm glad I got it. It's like this is this is this is crazy. So this is our post-corona society. How much can you show your fealty to the new world order? How hard can you bend the knee? Because this truly is an epidemic. This truly is much more chaotic than people would care to admit. Um, and that's why people are going crazy. Not only with the oxygen deprivation, right? We, we, we freak out about it, how the masks are causing psychological and physiological damages. Both in children and adults. But again, how this is really doing more, more damage than people would care to admit. And the more we just ignore this is the more that we normalize this dissociative behavior. Normalize more of this type of abnormal, anti-human behavior. It really is kind of crazy. You know, I, I, I should have mentioned this whenever we were watching that video of that 65-year-old Texas lady getting assaulted by, uh, by the cops. But I was at the gym the other day, and I basically saw this dude that looked like uh, a Power Rangers mixed with Naruto, who had like a full-blown like black outfit on, had like a had like a, a black mask with like a black bandana. You could barely like see his eyes. He had a hoodie on too. He was all decked out. I was waiting for him to do like hand ninjutsu, hand jutsus and stuff like that, and incantations. And I thought to myself, shucks, man, how far are we uh, from seeing the days of vigilantes? Because if I were to see a 65-year-old woman get assaulted like that and I was decked up in my maskless gear where nobody could know my identity and I wasn't carrying anything that could, you know, point back to me, heck yes, I would engage in vigilanteism. Heck yes, I would don the mask. I would try to help uh, do good. But you see, that's where we're at right now. And, and, and in a weird way, we've talked about this before, right? How we're in those days of vigilanteism to where the lawlessness creates this to where you have that weird gray area regarding the law because you don't have the people who are who should be upholding the law upholding it you have them actually breaking it then you have the people who are being told that you're breaking the law trying to uphold the law it's this weird inversion it's this clown world but is this more of where we're moving into i don't know uh is 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 that normal for people to want to don uh masks and carry this type of behavior. No, it's you would ask yourself, what type of situation would we create this? Well, look at the conditions we have right now. I'm going to be reading to you briefly an article about how uh, childhood child suicide is becoming a, a, a big deal because people aren't seeing a reason to live anymore. If nobody's upholding anything that's wholesome, decent, or righteous, men don't want to be men, women don't want to be women, nobody wants to work, nobody wants to be good, the law is just out the window. Well, heck yeah, they're gonna they're 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 not gonna fight for a better tomorrow. Let me read this, and it'll make a little bit more sense. Uh, some of my commentary. This is an article that comes from Natural Blaze. They put this up March sixteenth. It says child suicide is becoming a quote international epidemic amid restricted pandemic life. Doctors warn because yes, children are not supposed to be sitting in front of a freaking screen every day, learning stuff through a learning stuff through a YouTube class or through a Zoom class. They're supposed to be experiencing scuffing up them knees, getting them boo-boos, going out there and learning life, right? Let me read this. It says billions of people 
across the globe continue to live under COVID-19 lockdowns or heavily restricted life. And for almost all of us, life amid the pandemic in 2020 was an isolating and difficult year. Yet doctors are warning that children in particular are experiencing grave mental health consequences as a result of the lockdowns, leading to a, quote, international epidemic of child suicide. The Associated Press interviewed Dr. David Greenhorn on the subject, who works in the emergency department at England's Bradford Royal Infirmary. The number of mental health crises he has seen, such as suicide attempts, has gone from a couple per week pre-pandemic to now several per day. Good Lord. Good Lord. I got to stop right there. Several, Well, a couple per week, like maybe one or two per week to several per day. And you know that's more than like seven because he said several. That's like having to space out like 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 20 people over the span of a week. It's like four, at least, I would see at least like four people a week. I know that's not several, but you get what I'm saying. Could you imagine talking with that many different people, trying to talk them down? Trying to talk them down, right? We talk crap about, uh, I talk crap about how some of these doctors are pharmaceutical reps how they're basically just prescribing people Zoloft, Oxycontin, uh, Percocets, Lorries, all this stuff because it's, it, it, it has apathy-enabling aspects to it to where it forces people to you know just not really care about stuff. But that's the drugs. That's not the counseling. That's not the health. right? That's not the lifestyle. That's not the, the, the fitness, the building the people back up. That's not that. That's just giving somebody a pill. Several suicides a day. This is, again, the mental health epidemic because... Parents are too involved in politics. They haven't developed a lexicon or a vernacular to communicate with their kids. I'm telling you, it's crazy, the concoction uh, and, and, and the, the, the mixture of all this stuff. Let me get back into this. It says, quote, this is an international epidemic and we are not recognizing it. Greenhorse said, quote, in an eight-year-old's life, a year is a really, really, really long time. They are fed up. They can't see an end to it. Dr. Richard Del- Delamere uh, heads the psychiatric department at one of the largest children's hospitals in France, and he offered a similar warning to the AP. Delamere, De- what does this say? Delorme? 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 I'm going to just say Delorme. Delorme pointed out that it is clearly COVID restrictions and lockdowns taking this toll on children who end up in this hospital. Quote, what they tell you about is a chaotic world of, yes, I'm not doing my activities anymore. I'm not doing any more music. Going to school is hard in the mornings. I'm having difficulty waking up. I'm fed up with the mask. Delorme's hospital went from seeing roughly 20 suicides per month involving patients 15 or younger, EAP reports, to more than double that, and disturbingly, more determination than ever before in the attempts. Wow, that's, that's so sad. Quote, we are very surprised by the intensity of the desire to die among children who may be 12 or 13 years old. Wow. DeLorme said, quote, we sometimes have children of nine who already want to die. And it's simply a provocation or a black. And it's not simply a provocation or a blackmail via suicide. It's a genuine wish to end their lives. Good Lord, dude. That's depressing. This is one of the most painful paragraphs I've ever read, let alone had to write about. Merely typing the story out flooded my eyes with tears, but the life-threatening, unintended consequences of drastic pandemic measures are too important to overlook. Yeah, I have to stop, dude. i got to stop right there. Because I know that, but hearing those statistics, 
And hearing it written in that way is just so gut-wrenching that, uh, wow, that's a, wow. The, The intensity at which they want to, not the attempts, the attempts they can understand, but the conviction and the intensity and the, the sheer determination to die. That's what's crazy. Wow. That's what's crazy. You know, they're saying you can't go out. You can't, you can't play sports. You can't go to the movies. You can't go to the park. You can't go travel. You can't go do nothing without receiving the vaccine. I'm sure that, would, that, that depresses everyone. The entire world feels it. And the kids, they hurt the most. Especially these parents over here. Like, I kid you not, guys. I had this conversation with my own family. They tried to say, oh, they're like, oh, if you were, if you were, if you were living with us, there would be no question you would get the shot. It's like, wow, that's very authoritarian. I'm very glad I don't live here. But imagine that. Imagine not even being respected as an individual, but seeing these destructive things happen to you and nobody really taking the time to understand what's happening or how you even feel about the matter. But this is, this is sad, man. And I think, again, because I'm in this revolving door situation right now where I'm dealing with death, but at the same time trying to celebrate life, I just see like how this is not, this is, this is not conducive to learning. This is not conducive to growth. These are not healthy environments. This stuff is destroying us. This is this anti-human agenda. This is the anti-human aspect of COVID. An epi- right here, Harvard study, an epidemic of loneliness is spreading across America. I've said it time and time again. Over there in Japan, they had to elect a minister of loneliness because, yes, people obey too hard. You guys are they're, they're, they're shunning normal human activity. One of the very first things I had pointed out with this pandemic was the fact that they made you stay six feet apart. How big do you think your aura, your, your aura and your etheric field is when you emit like a, a, a field of energy? They don't want you hugging, kissing, shaking hands, dancing. I mean, shucks. There's a there's a video clip. Let me see if I go ahead and pull this up for you right now. There is a video clip where screaming is not allowed in theme park rides in California now. When theme parks open up again next month, you might have to tone down excitement on the roller coaster. Yes, try not to scream because it's not allowed on thrill rides at Disneyland Knott's and all other California theme parks. That's right, you'll have to ride roller coasters in silence, they say. It's part of the proposed new COVID safety guidelines. Wow. Screaming and shouting in public increases the risk for the virus to spread. Wow. The plan is being backed by the California Attractions and Parks Association. When theme park- wow, can you imagine that? you imagine going to a theme park there and telling you, hey, you're not allowed to scream. <laughs> you, you better not enjoy yourself. So yes, Kids are going to be hurting the most because of all of this. They are being told, no, you can't go see your friends. You can't play kickball. You can't play soft, uh, softball. You can't play basketball, soccer, football. None of You can't play rugby. You got to stay inside and sit there and watch your Zoom class. No, you can't go see your friends. You can play with them over on Xbox. It's like, could you imagine living like that? Authority- we think we're dealing with an authoritarian president. Imagine having parents who are telling you to abide that by these rules, updating the weekly community guidelines. Hell yeah, kids are going to kill themselves, and that's atrocious to hear. It really is. It truly is, because 
Look at this right here. Pope Francis calls for the establishment of a new world order following the pandemic. And so now that they've literally got people killing themselves, they've been demoralized, they've been broken, uh, they have officially been brought to a position to where they can upload the new world order, to where they can create the stewards of the new normal, the pathway towards creating a global citizen has been revealed. They're just going to start rolling things out now. That's what we were talking about before the break, the two-week break. It's not, it wasn't really a break. It was, it, was God, it was God tapping me on the shoulder. But we were talking about that, how they were trying to get people to abdicate their nationality, abandon your individuality, abandon your identity, become stewards of the new normal. That's exactly what Pope Francis is calling for. And whenever you have swaths of children killing themselves, broken, destitute, begging for hope, Unfortunately, this might be it. This comes from Nima Harris over there at News Punch. They put this up March 15th. It says the Pope believes that things will never be the same in a post-pandemic world and has again called for the establishment of a new world order. He can't stop himself. In a new book titled God and the World to Come, Pope Francis reiterates his case for the Great Reset. The book-length interview with journalist Domenico Agasso is scheduled for release in, in Italy we're in Italian on Tuesday. Breitbart reports that after the coronavirus pandemic, quote, no one today can afford to rest easy. The Pope declares in a lengthy extract from the book published by Vatican News, quote, the world will never be the same again, but it is precisely within this calamity that we must grasp those signs which may prove to be the cornerstones of reconstruction. Quote, let us all keep in mind that there is, a, is something wrong, worse than this crisis, the drama of wasting it, he states. Quote, we cannot emerge from a crisis the same as before. We either come out better or we come out worse. We can heal injustice by, quote, building a new world order based on solidarity, studying innovative methods to eradicate bullying, poverty, and corruption, he adds. Quote, all working together, each for their own part, without delegating and passing the buck. This new world order would be based on eradicating inequalities and attending to the environment, the Pope affirms. So it's into 21, it's into 2030. Uh, stewards of the new normal, social justice warriors, uh, energy justice police, everything we covered in the previous segment. You see how they set the stage for that. They are saying, go ahead and abandon your, abandon your nationality. Advocate your individuality. Advocate your identity. We need you to become stewards of the new normal. This new world order fights. Listen, we're, fight, we're the good guys. We're eradicating inequalities. We're attending to the environment. We're helping everybody. Quote, we can no longer blithely accept inequalities and disruptions to the environment, and he declares, quote, The path to humanity's salvation passes through the creation of a new model of development, which unquestionably focuses on coexistence among people in harmony with creation. As a path towards a solution, Francis pointed out towards young people pointed towards young people involved in quote ecological if we don't roll up our sleeves and immediately take care of the earth with radical personal and political choices, with an economic green turn by directing technological developments in this direction, sooner or later, our common home will, be th will throw us out of the window, he insists. What did we start the previous segment off talking about? How uh, Deutsche Bank asked for an eco-dictatorship to deal with the Green New Deal. It's crazy how they all end up sounding the same. Eradicating inequalities. 
Oh, they make them sound like such a like like they're such the good guys. These guys are so great. Gosh. These 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 sound like the real heroes. No, what it is is again power mad maniacs who literally feel like they know what's better what what's better for you. They want to rule your life. They're grandstanding. Like at the end of 2020, Pope Francis, the Vatican, linked up with Mastercard, Visa, major other credit card uh, and payment processors to create what they called guardians of inclusive capitalism. What really what it is is just a conglomerate to siphon off even more of the wealth, only for them to redistribute it uh, in, 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 in what they consider a more equitable, equitable way. It's so crazy again just to see this socioeconomic shift, this 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 reformation. One of these days I'll do a show and just draw like what I see as I talk about it because it's just it's it's so crazy to see it. Um, I have the imagination for reality and it's just so crazy some of the things that are going on. Because check this off, or check this out. You want to hear more about eradicating inequalities and attending to the environment and uh, 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 positioning themselves as if they are actually the good guys like they care like Brian Stelter is saying they need to take Tucker Carlson off the air for his own good we need to censor you because we know what's better for you check this out right here New York City judge removes six-year-old from mother because she didn't wear a mask while dropping her off at school an article from Cassandra Fairbanks over there at the Gateway Pundit they put this up March 16th and think about this where have where this is more of this obey big brother type mindset to where the government thinks it knows what's best for you. Oh, you can't take care of your kid, right? So we're going to send CYFD to take care of them for you. Yeah, right here. A New York City judge has removed a six-year-old girl from her mother because she did not wear a mask while dropping her off outside of, of the school. In a shocking and egregious move, the court also told Dr. Epstein that in an order to get short, supervised visits with her child, she will have to wear a mask inside her own home. Think about that. Think about that. The nerve of these people. The, 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 the sheer nerve of these people. Overriding your parenting. Better yet, undermining your parenting. Let's get into this. Let's, let's read this. Because this is, again, the breaking of the, breaking of the social contract and the forcing of of somebody to adhere to the community guidelines. You're not anything special. That's what they're trying to remind you. If you are a part of this community, society, you have to adhere by it. And they're going to do everything they can, like getting that jackboot of the state to enforce it. This is insane, dude. And they wonder why people are talking about secession and partitioning themselves away from society. Let's, let's, let's read a little bit of this. It says, it was a normal day for Dr. Michelin... Michelin? Michelin Epstein, a family physician, when she went to drop off her daughter at the Birch Washington, the Birch Wathen Linux School on the Upper East Side last week, until her entire life was turned upside down in an instant. The tearful mother explained in a phone call that her doctor was already inside the building and wearing a mask when the school nurse and school security, school security attempted to force Dr. Epstein to wear a mask on the public street in front of the building where drop-offs take place. Dr. Epstein refused. Quote, no one got physical or anything. She just refused to wear the mask. 
They were outside the public side. They were outside on the public sidewalk. Dr. Epstein's boyfriend, uh, Jeff Gutenplan, explained, adding that the daughter was wearing a mask because they are required to go inside. The mother explained that the school nurse had come out and was aggressively demanding that she put on a mask, but she was already leaving and did not accept it. Quote, the next thing I know, my daughter is being taken away from me, she cried. Dr. Epstein is separated from her daughter's father, and they had a shared custody agreement where the child, cust- well, the child split times between the home equally. The divorce, however, has been bitter. Following the confrontation at the school, Dr. Epstein left, but would soon find a letter from the expensive college prep school sent to her, her estranged husband, and the attorneys for both parties. The school was demanding that Dr. Epstein was no longer permitted to drop her off or pick her child up from school. If that wasn't enough, or if that wasn't bad enough already, the father used the notice about the mask situation to request an emergency hearing for full custody. Of course, which Justice Matthew F. Cooper granted after berating the already emotionally devastated mother. That's unfortunate, man. This is that new world order that Pope Francis is calling for, uh, uh, addressing inequalities. How dare she treat? Uh, uh, how dare she offer her daughter? momentary freedom let's get the father over here to give him full custody because he'll put that mask on her for sure he'll tell her what to do my gosh i don't think uh people i don't think we see like how how vile and how venomous and how toxic some of this stuff really is man because it really is truly a shame you know i'll I'll say this and i'll put this quick clip for you guys uh, right after but I had made a joke earlier this week, and I'll just make it again for the people that didn't listen uh, to the, 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 the Instagram live we did. Because when I went to the ultrasound office, I told you guys about that trip, where I went to the ultrasound office, I talked to the geneticist about uh, genetic abnormalities, blood diseases, and things like that. And she understood why we didn't want to take the vaccine. She was totally cool, totally understandable. Uh, and then we went and saw the physician right across the room, right across the hallway, in the same building. First time, you know, we had seen him. First time we had ever had an interaction with him. Uh, and, and, and I'm trying to play it back in my head. Why was this guy confrontational? I made a joke earlier this week. Do you think he was confrontational? Because we were free-thinking, sovereign individuals, interracial couple that were taking our vitamins, taking our, uh, taking our supplements, taking our, our nutraceuticals. We didn't want to get experimented on, and we weren't going to let you, you know, scramble the gender of our baby. Do you think the doctor or the physician there was mad because he couldn't figure out a way to profiteer off of us? No, we didn't want any gender reassignment treatment. No, we don't want any any hormone treatments. No, we don't want any experimental COVID vaccines, right? We're healthy. We're fine. We don't need you. You think maybe that's why he got a little bit upset is because we're sitting here fully aware of all the things that go on in the so-called medical community, and we're quite all right because we understand what's going on. I don't know. It's just something that makes me think a little bit different. Uh, That's unfortunate that a custody battle would force you or that the mask issue would go over into the custody battle, forcing that child to lose out because uh, no one wins there. Right. No one wins in that situation. But here, let me play for you guys this quick video clip of a uh, Los Angeles County that ordered power cut at a restaurant to defy the code rules and then in a uh, 
slap in the face, the owner went and bought a generator. Talking about so many different stories about opening, this next story is a different variety. A judge has granted the city of Burbank the authority to cut off electricity to Tinhorn Flats, which has repeatedly, openly defied COVID-19 public health orders. Gina Silva live in Burbank tonight with more. Gina. Well, Alex, the restaurant bar was scheduled to be open until midnight. Customers were starting to show up, but they closed about 15, 20 minutes ago. It is now dark. Now, as you said, Ed, this establishment has been defying orders for quite some time. The orders, the owners have lost their health permit and their conditional use permit to operate. Now they're about to lose a lot more. It's very unjust and quite disgusting what is going on in our society right now. Lucas Lepegian is co-owner of Tinhorn Flat Saloon and Grill in Burbank, an establishment that could soon be left in the dark. The city of Burbank wants to illegally shut down our water and power and uh, physically chain up our doors so we'll be completely unable to operate. A Superior Court judge ruled the city of Burbank can disconnect the electricity to Tinhorn Flats after a 24-hour notice. This after the restaurant bar refused to shut down when the city council voted unanimously on Monday to revoke its permit. It was revoked because the restaurant allegedly served customers indoors during the ban. There have been zero cases here at Tinhorn and there's zero science behind it. There's zero proof. It's, uh, it's complete... Um, dictatorship and uh, quite communism that's occurring right now. So what are their plans when the city shuts off the power? We're going to go full out, whether it's getting generators or uh, just, uh, I like to call it Operation Barbecue, is uh, when we just have a barbecue in the back just selling burgers. Now, the judge ruled that the city of Burbank can shut off power, but it cannot padlock the doors at this time. However, that is obviously the next logical step if they continue to operate, let's say, using those generators that he talked about. Alex, Christine, it's quite a battle, and it's been going on for quite some time. Yeah, we've been covering it, Gina. All right, thank you. Talk Thanks, Gina. Thank you, Gina. Yeah, imagine that. You're not able to run your business. Oh, but like Pope Francis said, they're addressing inequalities. They're fighting inequalities. They're the good guys. They're there to help us. Oh, you want to take care of your family? Well, the government's going to have to give you that. Think about this, man. This is the international epidemic. They're not allowing people to work. They're not allowing people to provide for themselves or their community. And when stuff like this begins to backfire, people need jobs. People need food. Like, shucks, I don't know why people are killing themselves. I don't know why crime is up. I don't. I, I just don't know. You really don't know? You want to play stupid? Check this out. Here's more of this insanity from Clown World. Another clip for you guys. This is just so crazy, uh, the time frame we're at. This is of a, 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 a mourner in London being leaded, led away by uh, police. Because she's violating the COVID restrictions. How dare she mourn? How dare she mourn this kidnapping murder victim while there's a pandemic going on? Here are the cops leading her away. Oh, leading them away because there's several organizers. Yep. 
telling you, people are going to get fed up with this. You, you can't even mourn. You can't even mourn in a pandemic in this past world. is a London vigil for murder victim Sarah Everard held in defiance of a police order amid the COVID-19 pandemic turned ugly after large numbers of officers arrived and tried to clear people from the from the area. Several organizers of Saturday's vigil at Clapham Common were reportedly arrested and footage from the scene showed clashes with police. One clip posted on Twitter shows several women standing on the edge of a bandstand where police congregated, including one holding a sign that says, quote, We are not safe in our homes. Four women are then grabbed from behind by police officers, pulled back and arrested by several uh, by, uh, arrested several arrested after several people in the crowd try successfully to pull them back. And that's what you're watching right there. You're watching the cops apprehend people who are mourning. Who are mourning. Because of this pandemic. Yeah, no. This is Obey Big Brother. You're not allowed to mourn. You're allowed to worship Big Brother. But you're not allowed to mourn your fellow human. That's too much human activity. Uh Uh-uh. No. We don't do that here. You can experiment on people. You can pervert things. You can kidnap kids. But you can't not mourn them. You cannot celebrate life. You can't have a wedding. You can't have a funeral. You can't have a vigil. You can't have any of that stuff because that's human. That normalizes. What you can do is what this strange journalist did. What you can do is offer yourself up for the global collective. What you can do is sacrifice yourself for the AstraZeneca vaccine if it helps others. Yeah, this was said by a Norwegian journalist claiming that she would love to die from for from the AstraZeneca vaccine if it meant other people in Europe were not discouraged from taking it. So like Hank Aaron and various other people, we now have others who are sacrificing themselves for the vaccine. But no, you can't mourn people. You can't you can't you can't celebrate their life, but what you can do is sacrifice yourself. You see how crazy that is? You can't have a candlelight vigil. You can't even have a revival session over here in Alabama. But what you can do is sacrifice yourself for the new world order. Yeah, the statement was made in the headline of Lynn Willick's or, or Lynn Wick's article, which literally translates to, "I would love to die from the AstraZeneca vaccine." Yeah, no, we we this is where we're at right now. You literally have people sacrificing themselves. For the vaccine, committing vaccine suicide, but you have the government chastising human behavior. Normal, sane, rational human behavior. Check this out right here. Uh, More of the insanity that's coming from the clown world that is now wrought to us by COVID. Europe calls for emergency vaccine summit after AstraZeneca's jab caused serious blood clots. It says the European Union has called for an emergency vaccine summit after more than eight European nations decided to stop using the AstraZeneca vaccine due to serious blood clots incidents reported in many countries. Yes. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. 
it doesn't stop there because Italy has launched a criminal manslaughter investigation after a teacher died hours after getting the AstraZeneca vaccine. An article that comes from Jack Phillips over there at Epoch Times. They put this up March 16th. Let's 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 read into this, okay? I was talking. I was in I was in various meetings earlier this week, and they were telling me, "Hey, EJ, did you know that some of the vaccines that are already out there have expired or are decomposed?" I'm like, "You you got to be kidding me!" So we're using expired vaccines on people already? Yeah. And then on top of that, I'm hearing I'm hearing. Uh, more people confirm some of my own assessments regarding regarding the vaccine and these new strains. That indeed, like Ron Paul said, you don't need to get the vaccine if you had COVID. You're fine. But by getting the vaccine, you're turning your body into one of those biological weapons facilities where you're generating the vaccine or, or generating the virus, shedding it, infecting others. So indeed, that's what I was saying. That because of them introducing the virus into your biology, they're turning you into the virus and then they're creating all these other mutations. Let's read this. It says, Italian officials have launched a manslaughter investigation after a 57-year-old music teacher died after receiving AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine, according to local media reports, as officials with the firm and state regulators said that there is no evidence that the drug causes blood clots. Prosecutors in the northern Italian region of Piedmont announced that they opened a manslaughter probe into the death of Sandro Tagnati, who received the vaccine in his hometown of Biella on Saturday. His wife told news outlets that he went to bed that night with a high fever. The next day, she said, an ambulance was called for him, and later, he died. The local prosecutor in Biella, where Tagnati lived, announced the opening of a criminal case for manslaughter after his death reported Italy's La Repubblica newspaper. Teresa Angela Camillo, the prosecutor, announced that the move, quote, follows the decision of Piedmont region to suspend momentarily the administration of AstraZeneca's vaccine, including the batch ABV 5811, pending the decisions of the Judicial Authority and the Drug Supervisory Commission. Camillo said that an autopsy regarding Tangati's cause cause and manner of death has been scheduled for this week. Italian wire service and jeez, uh, uh, Agnesia Agenzia Nazilani Agenda National Stamp Association. Wow. Um, the the ANSA also reported on the manslaughter probe announcement. Batches of the vaccine were seized in Piedmont on Monday as a precautionary measure. Camilo confirmed to Publica. British drug regulators and AstraZeneca officials have said that there is no link between the Oxford University-developed vaccine and a higher instance of blood In a statement to the Epoch Times on Monday, an AstraZeneca spokesman said that the pharmaceutical giant is, quote, working with national health authorities and European officials and look forward to their assessment later this week. Quote, around 17 million people in the EU and UK have now received our vaccine, and the number of cases of blood clots reported in this group is lower than the hundreds of cases that would be expected among the general population, AstraZeneca stated. Oh, so these are just blood clots killing people. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You're thinking too much. Ah, You're worrying too much. Don't worry about these people shutting down. Tests? I mean, check this out. Uh, a couple weeks ago, in the UK, 191,000 
Individual adverse events, including blindness and deafness, have been reported after receiving the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine jab. So yeah, don't worry about that. Blood clots leading to death? Huh, shucks. That ain't nothing. Put some dirt on it. This is insane, and it's only going to get even crazier because check this out. As, as, as if all of us volunteering for this lifetime experiment wasn't enough, you now have Moderna testing on young children. Like, I, I freaked out about this earlier this week on the show, as I should, as anyone should, as any sane thinking free, anyone would. No one, like, testing on children, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? What, what, what is wrong with you to begin to test on, child, on, on, on children? Like we just skipped animal trials, we skipped environmental trials, we went right to human trials, and now they're just normalizing, you know, conducting experimental tests on children, normalizing, you know, uh, manipulating and modifying people's genetic codes. You know, they're just normalizing all these new diseases. Like this is how we, this is how the mutants get here. This is how the transhumans get here. This is how the chimeras get here. This is how the human-animal hybrids get here. The animal-human hybrids. This, this is how it happens, right? You start introducing weird things into the populace, messing with people's genetics, conducting eugenics. God only knows where this is going to go. Only, only God does. Let me, let, me, let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and start closing out this segment for you guys. It says, uh, the trial will involve children aged 6 months to 11 years. This comes from the Drudge Report feed. They put this up March 16th. It says, Moderna, Inc., the mRNA, there are the mRNA, 4.87% has begun studying its COVID-19 vaccine in children aged 6 months to 11 years in the U.S. and Canada. The latest efforts to widen the mass vaccination campaign beyond adults. The Cambridge, Massachusetts company said Tuesday that the first children have received doses in the study, which Moderna is conducting in collaboration with the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a division of the Department of Health and Human Services. Quote, this pediatric survey will help us assess the potential safety and immunogenicity of our COVID-19 vaccine candidate in this important younger age population, Moderna Chief Executive Stephanie Bansell said. The bulk of the U.S. COVID-19 vaccination campaign so far has focused on protecting adults who are at higher risk of severe disease caused by the coronavirus than children. Moderna and Johnson & Johnson's vaccines are authorized for their use in adults 18 and older, while the vaccine from Pfizer, Inc. and BioNTech is cleared for use in people 16 and older. I, I, I can't help but think of like it as like a, like a dog race, as like a horse race type deal. Like, we're just watching all these companies from Moderna to AstraZeneca, uh, the Pfizer, you know, the Johnson & Johnson, to all, to all these people. I mean, it's like we're just watching this race, and we're trying to bet on which vaccine is the best when they're all just going to kill us. It's like, why am I excited about this? I shouldn't be. Getting back into this, it says, Efforts have begun to test the COVID-19 vaccines in children who can still become infected, both to protect them from the virus and further build the population-level immunity to move past pandemic restrictions. Federal health officials have suggested that if studies are positive, junior high and senior high students could get access to the vaccines in the fall, followed by children of the elementary school age in early 2022. 
Both Pfizer and Moderna last year started clinical trials testing their vaccines in adolescents aged 12 years and older. Both trials have fully enrolled subjects, and the results are pending. Johnson & Johnson is planning to start pediatric testing of its vaccine. The new Moderna study, which is a combined phase 2 and 3 trial, will aim to enroll about 6,750 children and will be conducted in two parts, according to the company. Think about that. Like they're, they're making it seem great, like, hey, sign your kid up. Get them, you know, let us test on your kids. It'll be great. You know, like, uh, like Lynn Week said, that, that Norwegian lady who wanted to sacrifice herself for, uh, you know, the COVID-19 vaccines. It'll be great. Hey, kids, sacrifice yourself. We need to understand the vaccine. We don't care. We, we need to understand the vaccine and the virus. We don't give a rat's keister about you. And you wonder why suicides are up. Huh. And you wonder why suicides are up. I'm only going to mention these two quick things, and I'll close out this segment for you guys. Um, I think it's just, you, you could call it funny. You could call it coincidental. Uh, you could call it whatever it is. But there is an article that comes out from the Free Thought Project by Matt Agarist. It says, university study finds that cannabis compounds inhibits the SARS-CoV-2 and the human lung cells. Yeah, for sure. They put this up March 16th. So basically, if you're smoking weed or you got CBD, that actually helps you combat SARS-CoV-2. And if I would have done a better preparation of this, I could have found you guys an article, multiple articles on uh, our partner page, Liberation Legion, which actually confirmed this type of study. This is uh, something that was done out there in the University of Chicago in Illinois, where it talks about how cannabis is actually good for you. Uh, it helps inhibit some of this. Uh, but some of it basically talks about, with the cytokine storm, think of your blood cells as having, like, think, 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 think of your cells as being, like, a, a, fire, a fire set of cells and then a firefighting type of cells. During the cytokine storm, whenever they introduce this vaccine, they, get your, they, they trick your body to shut down its immune system. Uh, that's a part of the firefighter aspect because whenever you have something new introduced into your system, that's where the firefighters come in, they shut down that fire, and they're able to fight back. The cytokine storm is where the firefighter cells don't show up, and then that fire, those blood cells, they begin to replicate, ultimately shutting everything down. With the CBD, with the cannabis, what that does is that it doesn't, it doesn't improve the strength of the firefighter cells but what it does is it lessens essentially the intensity of the fire cells um, this is just a horrible way of me trying to explain it to you guys in my own way uh, but I'll read a little bit of this and it's basically just talking about how cannabis compounds can help inhibit uh, the infection and protect you with COVID so smoking weed CBD THC stuff like that it helps with COVID uh, but here, let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll get into our final article for this segment. It says, a study from the University of Chicago in Illinois has shown yet another incredible application for the cannabis plant. Researchers discovered in the, in the study that a particular cannabis compound inhibits infection with severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, in human lung cells. Marsha Rosner and her colleagues from the university found that can, cannabidol, CBD, and its metabolite, uh, 7-OH-CBD potentially blocked SARS-CoV-2 replication in, in lung epithelial cells. Quote, 
CBD could be acting a blocked viral entry to host cells or at later steps following infection. As CBD was shown to decrease ACE2 expression in some epithelial cells, including A549, we first determined whether CBD suppressed the SARS-CoV-2 receptor in our A549 ACE2 overexpressing cells, Rosner and the authors wrote. According to the studies, researchers assessed that the incidence of SARS-CoV-2 infection among 82 patients who had been prescribed CBD prior to the SARS-CoV-2 testing matched patients who had, been not, who had not been prescribed CBD, and what they found was astonishing. The, the study found that the incidence of SARS-CoV-2 was only 1.2% among the patients prescribed CBD compared to 12.2% to among the matched patients who had been taking the CBD. High-dose CBD usage in patients is significantly correlated with a reduction in the COVID-19 positivity. Associations between reported cannabinoid medication use and COVID-19 test results among studies or among adults tested in the University of Chicago Medicine. It says that the substantial reduction in the SARS-CoV-2 infection risk of approximately an order of magnitude in patients who took FDA-approved CBD highlights the potential efficacy of this drug in combating SARS-CoV-2 infections. We advocate carefully designed placebo-controlled trials with known concentrations and highly characterized formulations in order to define CBD's role in preventing and treating early SARS-CoV-2 infection. It is important to point out that this study that this study is currently in peer review and therefore should not be regarded as conclusive because CBD is currently approved in the US for all 50 states. This news though only is in its infant stages is optimistic to say the least. Do DYOA do your own analysis. Go do your own research. But from my own <coughs> personal experience, <coughs> I would have to agree. And so the final article I want to bring to your guys' attention for this segment for the international epidemic, it's unfortunately something you already know. Former State Department lead investigator says that COVID-19 escaped from the Wuhan lab. It may have been a bioweapons accident. Oh, that's right, says the U.S. State Department's former lead investigator who oversaw the COVID-19 task force into the origins of the virus, believes that SARS-CoV-2 escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and may have been the product of a bioweapons research, according to Fox News. And so I won't waste more of your time on that than I already have, but this is most recent news. They're playing catch-up. <laughs> and I... Uh, it, 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 it truly is what it is. It is. You know, I'm looking at this article from USA Today, the one where they tried to fact check us. And it says that it, it came out uh, March 26, 2020. So, like, literally next Friday is whenever uh, USA Today tried to chat, fact check me on Event 201. And uh, what's, what's funny is they ruled that it's false, that even though it was a real event, Event 201, and that it had medical professionals, business leaders, and government actors that predicted the current pandemic, that it's not directly tied to it. I just find it very interesting that this is the lies mixed with truth. So, yes, they're going to have to admit that it escaped from Wuhan, that it originated from China, that they unleashed this on the world, and they got rich from it. Some of the top billionaires are now in China because of the pandemic. We talked about it throughout the entirety of it. They gloated about it. And now we have world powers shifting. Yeah. 
The world is changing and we must change with it. Otherwise, we will be caught in the undertow. But uh, we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to be talking about Uncertain Shadows. I've been going on and on about her throughout the entirety of the show. And we'll be talking about how Joy Behar, co-host of The View, says that Antifa is fictitious and doesn't exist. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. Like they weren't burning buildings. Like they weren't shouting no borders, no malls, no USA at all. Like they didn't beat people in the head with, with hammers. That's, that's, that, that all didn't happen. Uh, we're also going to be talking about how China is building their social credit score system. The Mark of the Beast style system. As well as Bill Maher admitting some truth as well. It's very strange. Everybody's being honest. Or at least putting all their cards out there on the table. Bill Maher saying that China is dominating the world. While the U.S. is wasting its time in a never-ending woke competition. Uncertain shadows and more are coming up on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
good stuff. Good stuff. Final segment. Third segment. You know, as I was sitting there in the break, scrambling around like I always do, I just had to, you know, I had a moment. Because I was playing like a, I was playing two over, over, I was playing two different uh, songs, as you guys just listened to. Um, and they're just little simple animated music videos type deals. They were just uh, loops. One was of the daytime, one was of the nighttime. But they're both overlooking the city. One's at nighttime, um, and the world looks so much different at night versus whenever it's in the daytime. And I just found myself thinking, shucks, because I, I, I had some other people text me um, about a protest coming up this Saturday marking the one-year anniversary of the lockdowns here in New Mexico. And I thought to myself, you know, at this point in the game, I'll either meet you on the battlefield or on sacred ground. And I just think it was so crazy because I was sitting here watching, you know, the the, the, the break music, the, the break clips, and I'm thinking battleground at night, sa- the, 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 the battlefield at night, the sacred ground in the morning. And it's just crazy how many different people I have met uh, both on holy ground and out there in the streets doing this type of stuff. You know, all I can really do is challenge myself for the future. This has got nothing to do with peers or adversaries or rivals or, or, or any of that crap. All I can do is challenge myself for the future because everything I'm sitting here talking to you guys about and more is coming down the barrel. And if we don't wrap our heads around it, if we don't try to conceptualize what is happening to us and what will happen to us if we follow along with this, then we're bound for failure. I mean, my God, when you have people like Franklin Graham selling out, saying, oh, well, I think Jesus Christ would get the COVID vaccine. It's like, wow, how could you sell your people out like that? When I listen to, just it, it, it's just so crazy. Again, I will either meet people out there on the battlefield or on sacred ground. And I can only hope, you know, because that's, that's what's happening right now. The segment, Uncertain Shadows, it's not going to be all esoteric. We'll be playing a couple clips for you guys and, you know, basically going over some of the geopolitical developments that are taking place regarding China, uh, other things that are happening here domestically, and just, just, just how that's shaping up. This is going to be a really short segment. We spent a fair amount of time on the first two. Uh, but it, 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 it's just that it's really looking at the current situation we found ourselves in and, 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 and saying, what side do you think you're on? Obviously, the bad side is going to think that you're on the bad side. The good side is going to say that they're on the good side. But who do you know you are? What do you listen to? What do you look for? Have you hardened your heart? Have you steeled your mind to the truth? Or are you open minded enough? Do you have the imagination for reality. Yeah. This is the world we now find ourselves living in. Uh, but uh, speaking of finding ourselves living in a strange world, Project Veritas did it again. They came out with another one. Another one. They have a, another Facebook executive admitting that the, that the company has too much power. 
that it needs to be broken up. This is by Benny Thomas, the global planning lead over there at Facebook. A top Facebook official told an undercover journalist that the social media giant has grown too powerful and should be broken up, according to a video released by Project Veritas on March 15th. Let's take a listen. I work for a company that is doing a lot of damage. Facebook and Google are no longer companies, they're countries. They must be stopped. <laughs> the government needs to step in and break up Google and Facebook. It's a better thing for the world. The single biggest thing is this company needs to be broken up. No king in the history of the world has been the ruler of two billion people. But Mark Zuckerberg is. Today, Project Veritas undercover journalists have exposed another high-level executive at Facebook. I would break it up and I would remove Zuck as the CEO. So Mark Zuckerberg is very concerned with health. In fact, his, um, the Chan Zuckerberg oh, yeah. initiative. I'm fascinated and terrified at the same time. At this point, you should be. <laughs> it's a fight. It's, it's, it's eugenics. Uh, and I, I don't know any way to stop it. I think the genie is out of the bottle. Which is why a lot of shit goes down because people aren't paying attention. I can I can target racist people using just those three uh, things. It's that easy. Because data is very powerful. Give me five things about you and I, I can pretty much figure out everything yeah. else. AI is essentially evolving to become like human intelligence and then it's going to go beyond human intelligence. And at that point, Humans are expendable. It's not like the AI will try to kill us. They just won't care because it'll be, it'll be so superior that it'll be like, these people don't matter. So I might be killing hundreds of ants when I walk in the park. I don't know and I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing that I think about. We will be like those ants. What if the tech companies like Google and Facebook remain unchecked? What is, where do we go from there? What's going to happen? Nature. But what's going to happen? Bad things. We confronted Thomas, asked him to join our team of insiders. Here's what happened. I just want to let you know that I, I intend to release our conversations to the American people. You shouldn't do that. Are you interested in interviewing on the record with us to clarify your statements to the American people? No. Hello? Hey, Benny. We hope this story will encourage Thomas to change his mind and many others like him. I work for a company that is doing a wow. lot of damage in the world. Facebook and Google are no longer... At this point, I would definitely start saying, uh, wish this man well. We didn't get around to posting it, but uh, 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 Mike Lindell, the MyPillow CEO, said that he is going to personally try and get Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey thrown in jail this week. Uh, so, Benny Thomas, Mike Lindell... We got to start praying for you guys because uh, you were definitely going after some of the giants. But very, very interesting topics, uh, very interesting things were said there that Facebook is involved in eugenics, that the Chan, that, that, that Zuckerberg is really, really into health, uh, and the Chan Zuckerberg initiative is basically eugenics. That's crazy. And that the AI they're developing will get to a point to where humans are expendable. Where have we heard that before? When you have people like Elon Musk saying, beware those who worship AI gods, how close are we to building the matrix? You see, when I talk about uncertain shadows, what I'm saying is, what is governing the community guidelines? What has subverted the social contract and what has it replaced in its wake?
let me continue reading a little bit of this. I think that will provide us a little bit more incentive. They're talking about breaking up Facebook, admitting that it has caused a fair amount of damage to the population and that it will continue to do so. But again, think about that, the technocratic overlords and the amount of power that they wield. How you have King Zuck and all of his peasants. Let's get into this. It says, quote, I would break up Facebook, which means I would make less money probably, but I don't care. Like, that's what needs to be done. Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, Oculus, WhatsApp, they all need to be separate companies. It's too much power when they're all one together, Thomas said, according to the video. Quote, most people don't understand these things and most people don't think about them, which is why a lot of shit goes down, because a lot of people aren't paying attention. The Epoch Times sent a request for comment to Facebook. The social media giant is facing two major antitrust lawsuits in the United States, one by the Federal Trade Commission and another by a group of state attorneys generals. Quote, no king in history of the world has been the ruler of two billion people, but Mark Zuckerberg is, and he's 36. That's too much for a 36-year-old. You should not have that kind of power over two billion people. I just think that's wrong, Thomas said. He, Zuckerberg, owns a controlling state in the company, so you can't do it just the usual way that you do it in corporate which is the board can just fire you, right? The board can't do that to Zuck. The board can't do that to Larry Page and Sergey Brin because they own too much of the company. They're too powerful. So these are not companies anymore. They're countries, and we've talked about that as well. Uh, Thomas has worked at Facebook in New York since September of 2019. According to his LinkedIn profile, Thomas also said that the project he worked on at Facebook registered more than 4.5 million voters. More than a country. Where have we talked about that? The innovation zones, right? Tesla Town, uh, Akon with his solar-powered cryptocurrency city, right? You've even got Bill Gates getting involved. The breakaway civilization. It's their own country where they're able to partition off parts of the population depending on what type of information they consume. On certain shadows where you have a fair amount of the population addicted to, te- uh, uh, addicted to social media, completely unaware of the world around them other than what they're being fed. Insanity. And <laughs> I think, you know, what better way to exemplify this type of insanity than playing this clip of Joy Behar saying that there's no such thing as Antifa, they don't exist. And that's what we mean. These people who are cut off from society but somehow still influencing it, this is the kind of power that Facebook has. Let's listen. Or better yet, let me, let me give me one second. Let me go ahead and try to get that up for you guys, and then we'll take a quick listen. But I think nothing else could exemplify that other than this. Getting this, this, this person who has too much power completely disconnected from the world she's speaking on. I mean, my God. Let's, let's, let's listen to this. <laughs> Antifa doesn't exist. Right out there with his racism. There's no dog whistle for him, you know. Like, I'm a racist. Have a nice day. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, it's funny. When I was watching this, it's so aggravating to listen to this idiot. I mean, he and I are very different. I'll tell you this right now. If I was surrounded by people carrying weapons, uh, people erecting nooses, a screaming hang Mike Pence, bludgeoning a police officer to death, I might be a little scared. But Ron, no, he's not scared of those people. He's scared of this fictitious idea of Antifa, a thing that doesn't even exist. He needs to go. He needs to go, and soon. Son, right. Sonny, what I, I saw, I... There you go. You heard it. 
Joy Behar, host of ABC's The View, claimed during Monday's show that Antifa, a recognized violent left-wing organization responsible for much of the rioting damage to American cities over the last year, is fictitious and just doesn't even exist. Behar made the incredible statement while the panel discussed remarks made last week by Republican Senator Ron Johnson in which the lawmaker suggested that he never felt threatened during the Capitol riot on January 6th, but would have been more concerned if the rioters were members of Black Lives Matter or Antifa. The host took issue with Johnson's comments, saying, quote, If I was surrounded by people carrying weapons, people erecting nooses, screaming, hang my pants, bludgeoning a police officer to death, I might be a little bit scared. But Ron, no, he's not scared of these people. He's scared of this fictitious idea of Antifa, a thing that doesn't ex- even exist. He needs to go. He needs to go, and soon. Imagine this. I, th- I think we all have somebody in our life who kind of, you know, practices this level of um, melodrama. I myself like to get into it sometimes, too. But think about this. Thinking that uh, your ignorance and your denialism is acceptable as a form of an argument. But even though you're completely aware of things like uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Indivisible, uh, by any means necessary, any of these organizations, you're deciding to openly and cognitively discredit all the things they've done because you don't like the person? This level of selective, like, I, I, I don't know what you would call this, but it is just uh, as- astonishing to see. But we, we, we pulled that up for you after talking about how Facebook has way too much power because, for sure, people are not being shown everything. And even when you break up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and all these things, it's going to create a whole different black market for one, but it's also going to create all these other sub-platforms, right? This is where we're at right now, uh, trying to figure out how to give you guys instant access to all the information we're having but on what platform i mean we have to abide by the instagram censorship algorithms that way it can be shown to everybody but you also don't want to blow stuff up you know and then you 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 look at how we operate over there on telegram where you're able to still get the content but it doesn't have the same feel the same thing's going to happen if and when they do break up facebook it'll be divided into all these other platforms it'll lose its efficiency and people will not want to go to it unfortunately Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, the mainstream social media apps and platforms have habituated a fair amount of population to go there to be spoon-fed information. I mean, shucks, my first week back, I already got somebody telling me, hey, you need to to post credit and source links in every single post you put. That's how you can tell that they're new, because they're demanding that we spoon-feed them even more information instead of them going out of their way to put two and two together. They want these, they want all the information, but they don't want any of the knowledge or the wisdom thereof. And so it's very interesting. And so pivot to Joy Behar, talking about how Antifa just doesn't exist. That's a very easy statement for her to make. She's not in an echo chamber where she's exposed to that type of information. That cognitive dissonance is something else. But here's, while that's crazy, on the flip side, You've got people like Bill Mayer having a rare moment of truth, having an honest moment of reflection. I'm not sure. But uh, right here, Bill Mayer says that China is dominating the world while the U.S. is wasting time in a never-ending woke competition. I would definitely have to agree. I, I mean, I like think about this. This is an article that's by Sarah Taylor over there. The Blaze. They put this up March fifteenth, and think about this. 
you got Joy Behar saying that Antifa doesn't exist. You, 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 you've got them canceling Dr. Seuss. You've got them doing all this stuff for the cancel culture. While you've got China making millions, you've got China invest, investing in foreign countries, engaging in nation building, like really doing the proper isolationist nationalist route thing. And we're over here pandering to this never ending woke competition. So what does it say now that even people like Bill Maher, who blamed Christianity uh, for the Capitol, is coming out having a rare moment of truth? I find that very interesting. And then I have a couple more articles regarding China that we'll get into here shortly. Uh, but let's read this. It says, late night talk show host Bill Maher says that America is falling behind in the world because of its people or because its people are too far focused on a, quote, never ending woke competition. During HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday, the comedian argued that China is winning the race to dominate the world stage while the United States is busy focusing on who can become more woke. Quote, You're not going to win the battle for the 21st century if you're a silly people, and Americans are silly people, Maher said, taking a cue from Lawrence of Arabia, a 1962 British film. That's the classic phrase from Lawrence of Arabia when Lawrence tells his Bedouin allies, that as long as they say a bunch of squabbling tribes, they will remain a silly people. Well, we're the silly people now, he continued. You know who doesn't care that there's a stereotype of a Chinese man in a, Chi in a, in a Dr. Seuss book? China. All 1.4 billion of them could give a, kraut, could give a crouching tire flying F-word. It says, in two generations, China has, has built 500 entire cities from scratch, moved the majority of their huge population from poverty to the middle class, and mostly cornered the market in 5G and pharmaceuticals, he said. Oh, and they bought Africa. Their new Silk Road initiatives is its biggest infrastructure project in history, indebting not just the continent, but large parts of Asia, Europe, and the Middle East to the people who built their roads, bridges, and ports. If anything, they are not a silly people, he later added. They are a serious, they are as serious as a prison fight. Mary explained that China is pulling far ahead of the United States on the world stage, and America continues to chase its tail because of the half the country is having a never-ending woke competition deciding whether Mr. Potato Head has a dick while others believe in conspiracy theories. He said that the United States simply cannot unite, a problem that will cause a ripple effect for generations to come. Quote, we see a problem and we ignore it. Lie about it, fight about it, endlessly litigate it, sunset closet, kick it down the road, and then write a bill where, where a half-assed solution doesn't kick in for 10 years. Mayor said, China sees a problem and they fix it. They built a dam. We debate what to rename it. Pointing out or pointing to how China immediately handled the COVID-19 crisis, where the severity of the crippling pandemic was brought to light anyway, Mayor added that, quote, when COVID hit Wuhan, the city built a quarantine center with 4,000 rooms in 10 days, and they barely had to use it because they quickly arrested the spread of the disease. They were back to throwing raves and swimming pools while we were stuck at home surfing the dark web for black market Charmin toilet paper. We're not losing to China. We lost, he added. He also pointed out to education as another, as another sector in the United States is failing. Quote, there is a progressive trend now to sacrifice merit for equity. Colleges are chucking the SAT and the, S the ACT test. And in New York, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced merit will no longer decide who gets into schools for advanced learners, but rather a lottery system, he added. You think China's doing that? When political correctness get in the way of nurturing their best and brightest? You think China's colleges are offering courses in philosophy of Star Trek, the, so the sociology of Seinfeld, and surviving the coming zombie apocalypse? 
Those are real, and so is China, and they are eating our lunch. And believe me, in an hour, they'll be hungry again. Very rare that I actually agree with Bill Mayer, but dude, he's, uh, he's right. We have unfortunately talked about the incredible amount of power that China has been able to accrue over, the, over, over time. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's what is happening in their country. From them destroying churches, ripping up like grave sites, burning, burning Bibles, renaming the ten, uh, redoing the Ten Commandments for everything they've done. It is crazy. I mean, we, we, we saw, we played clips for you where they literally lock people up to where they, to where they like shot people in the middle of the street. They definitely got a lot of stuff going on over there in China. And I'm not saying, oh, America could be better learning from China. But what I am saying is America could stand to be better learning from itself and looking itself in the mirror and saying, look at what all these other nations are doing. What the hell are we doing? Bill Mayer's right. We're over here playing uh, Super Saiyan Woke Level 5 while you have other countries over here getting involved in cryptocurrency, while you have them paying their citizens to actually be productive people. I think it's like in Japan where they're paying people to have children. I mean, we're sitting over here about to have like population and eugenics-based conversations. We're doing stuff bass backwards over here, and the keys to the future have been given to other parts of the world. That's the sad truth. And so while we're debating whether or not little Jimmy should be little Ginny, you have some of these kids over here uh, uh, basically being Shaolin monks by the time they're like 12, dude, and, and making that a part of their culture. Again, you do not see China promoting any of this transgender, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, um, what's... A drag queen story time stuff. They're not doing that. Because they know what it is. It's mutilation. It's dehumanization. It's depopulation. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. These guys have... They have uh, they have SAT scores well, or IQ levels well over 200, man. Well, SAT scores over 200. Uh, IQ levels of at least probably 120. You see what I'm saying? These people are smart. They know what they're doing. That's why when we play sociologists and psychologists and business owners, uh, people from the new federal China who were just like, ah, ha, 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 if all we do is keep working, we'll drive America out of existence. They are the most racially homogenistic people on the planet, and look at what they're doing with it. You literally had President Xi Jinping at the start of the pandemic say, hey, don't worry, this is going to be good for us. And he was right. And look at them. If they decided to, they could cut off our pharmaceuticals. They could starve us. And we wouldn't know what to do. So, yeah, there's a fair amount of things I think we need to look at with our relationship with China. But then you've got people like Beijing Biden who's opening up the door. So China's not going to get involved in globalization. They're, they're, they're going around, like the article said, putting people in debt, forcing them to pay them money for them creating their role, creating their roads, building up their infrastructure. They're not playing this, 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 this politically correct game, playing this mind game, playing this psyop. I bet you, well, I, I, I was about to say, I bet, uh, I bet China's children are killing themselves. I wouldn't make that assessment. I, I, I'd say a fair amount of them are probably killing themselves, but you get what I'm saying. The uncertain shadows aspect behind this is look at how we're treating our future. Look at how we're just giving it away. And then to follow up that, this also came out this week. In every simulated war game, the U.S. loses against China. An article that comes from SHTF Plan 
by Max Lavo. They put this up March 15th. It says that a war game simulation suggests that the U.S. is unprepared for war with China. I would have to agree. When you literally, like, just, just the other week, I had placed, I had played a video of uh, Chinese soldiers going to the border of India in exoskeleton suits, like, 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 like loading up heavy crates of food and supplies and then putting on an exoskeleton suit and then marching that heavy crate of supplies up a mountain <clears throat> with the exoskeleton and then eating in like harsh terrain. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cruel. That's, that, that's pretty crazy. And then over here in America, they're saying, oh, well, we're going to give pregnant women flight suits. It's like, wow, so, you're, so we're willing to kill pregnant women, sacrifice pregnant women for war while you have people who are willing to adopt exoskeleton suits. And on top of that, you, you, you've also got them getting involved in genetic modification as well. There's a lot of crazy crap going on over there in China. And America, I don't want to say that it's behind the ball, but I think America is, 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 is feigning incompetence to see everybody else step up. But let me, get, let me get into this article and then we'll continue on. It says, in the autumn of 2020, the United States Air Force held a simulated war game against China set approximately 10 years in the future. In every single scenario that played out, the United States lost. This was reportedly part of the classified war game, and the details are just now being revealed. The simulation began with a biological weapon released by China that quickly dealt with America's military bases and warships in the Indo-Pacific region. Then, China states a, mass a massive military exercise to veil a gigantic deployment of an invasion force. The simulation culminated with the Chinese missile strikes raining down on U.S. bases and warships in the region, and a lighting, and a lighting air and amphibious assault on the island of, of Taiwan. China won within a very short time frame. Most Americans are fast asleep and unaware that the United States would lose a war as they champion policies that provoke China and back them into a corner. Years of classified Pentagon war games strongly suggest that the U.S. military would lose a war with China. This isn't new information. Says, so quote, more than a decade ago, our war games indicated that China, that the Chinese were doing a good job of investing in military capabilities that would make our preferred model of expeditionary, ex expeditionary warfare, where we push forces forward and operate out of relatively safe bases and sanctuaries, increasingly difficult. Air Force Lieutenant General S. Clinton Hino, Deputy Chief of Staff for Strategic Strategy and Tech Integration requirements told Yahoo News in an exclusive interview. Quote, At that point, the Trinidad war game was not just that we were losing, but we were losing faster. And what they said, Quote, After the 2018 war game, I distinctly remember one of our gurus of war gaming standing in front of the Air Force Secretary and, and Chief of Staff and telling them that we should never play this war game scenario of, the, of an attack of Chinese on Taiwan, again, because we know what is going to happen. But it answer is the U.S. military could, doesn't change our course is that we're going to lose fast. In that case, an American president would likely be presented with almost a, almost a fate accomplishment. It says this information should be sobering. Wake up. If you don't want to be ruled by the Chinese, why are you okay by being ruled by other humans that weren't born across the ocean? This information, while important, should also seek to open your eyes. Sure, this could be predictive programming, but we could, but we have to stop looking to politicians and rulers who think that they have a right to own us 
and take as much of our property as they want for salvation. A war will accomplish at least one obvious thing for the elitists, a massive decline in population. And for those who think that simulations are meaningless, I advise you to research Event 201. Apply critical thinking and discernment, because we are all going to need those skills in the coming months and years. I would have to agree. Yeah, some of these simulations are actually very terrifying, too. They, they, they actually really are. Uh, you know, from, from the Zebellion Pentagon war game that they did back in 2018, to Jade Helm, to UX-16, to Operation Gotham Shield, to, to this, I could for sure see a altercation occurring in the future. Yeah. I wish I could. I, I, but yet I, I wish I could say I didn't, but I most definitely could see it happening. I mean, uh, what, from what what happened underneath Trump administration to what could happen underneath a Biden administration to some of the thoughts that are out there of how we've been bought out by the Chinese, and I'm not I'm not talking about just the Confucius Institutes. I'm not talking about Hollywood and all the other stuff like that, but that we have literally been bought out, and that they will come and collect their debt, and legally and lawfully. They will be able to. We have literally sold all of our rights to China. And that could happen over a 10-year period, leading to globalization. You know, so it's a, it's, it is a very, very interesting topic, uh, fifth-generational warfare, things like this and more, uh, subversive tactics of the Chinese communists, and how it really isn't, how it really isn't even the Chinese, how it's just a, 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 a sect of, uh, how it's part of the globalists, the internationalists, the elitists, using China as a base of operations, uh, to expand their agenda. You see. Uh, but uh, one of the most recent articles we were talking about, Bill Mayer, saying that the Chinese were eating our lunch in that same vein, right here, latest Chinese gray zone or warfare plot to kill Americans involves a large spike in shipments of tainted meat. So, so there's your eating lunch reference. This is an article by J.D. Hayes. They put this up. Uh, March 15th over there at DC Clothesline. And they're basically talking about how they're choosing the soft kill, slow kill option by giving us tainted meat. The same way they could give us tainted vaccines or tainted drugs is the same way that they could give us tainted meat. I know, this sounds crazy. But again, people don't pay attention. They don't see where this stuff comes from. We outsource everything, export, export and import everything. Let, 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 let's read a little bit of this. It says that most Americans are unaware that the Chinese Communist government is engaged in an unconventional, quote, gray zone war against the United States that has so far resulted in close to one million Americans dead. Quote, the gray zone is characterized by intense political, economic, informational and military competition more fervent in nature than normal steady-state diplomacy, yet short of conventional war. It is hardly new, however, the National Defense University noted in a research paper published in January of 2016. Quote, The Cold War was a 45-year-long gray zone struggle in which the West succeeded in checking the spread of communism and ultimately witnessed the dissolution of the Soviet Union. The paper continues. Quote, to avoid superpower confrontations that might escalate to an all-out nuclear war, the Cold War was largely a proxy war. The United States and the Soviet Union 
backing various state and non-state actors in small regional conflicts and executing discrete superpower intervention and counterintervention around the globe. The TICOMs have picked up where the Soviets left off, and with deadly effect, the latest effort being the dramatic increase of the shipments of contaminated meat to the United States. Quote, in the calendar year 2020, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the number of shipments containing prohibited pork, chicken, beef, and duck products arriving from China intercepted by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection agriculture specialist in Los Angeles nearly doubled compared with the previous year, said Customs and Border Protection in a February 19 post on the website. It says the U.S. Department of Agriculture further notes that China's livestock and fowl are afflicted with African swine fever, ASF, classical swine fever, CSF, Newcastle disease, ND, foot and mouth disease, FMD, highly pathogenic avian influenza, and swine vesicular disease, each of which can be if consumed. From January 1st to December 31st, 2020, CBP in Los Angeles issued 1,049 emergency action notifications compared to the 527 in 2019, a 90% increase, the CBP notice said. Quote, Chinese animal products are in high demand in certain communities in the United States. Smugglers attempt to bring those products, which are later sold in Asian grocery markets. Many consumers are not aware of the important restrictions, it adds. The dramatic increase in tainted meat shipments follows the Chicom's manufacture and likely intentional release of the COVID-19 virus, which has spread around the globe and which has killed more than half a million Americans alone. Though the Chinese government has officially denied it, Dr. Li Mingying, or Li Mingyan, MD, PhD, and virologist who recently fled China and her job at Hong Kong University, says that COVID was lab created. <clears throat> Quote, the evidence shows that SARS-CoV-2 should be a laboratory product created by using bat coronaviruses, ZC45, and or ZXC21 as a template and or a backbone, she told the BBC in September using the official name for the COVID-19. Quote, Building upon the evidence, we further postulate a synthetic route for SARS-CoV-2 demonstrating that the laboratory creation of this coronavirus is convenient and can be accomplished in proximity in, in, in approximately six months, she added. Yeah, we, we talked about her when Tucker Carlson had her on her show uh, confirming all of this. Uh, but I'll, I'll read a little bit more of this. It says, on top of COVID and now tainted meat, China has also been supplying the ingredients to Mexican drug cartels for the manufacturing for the manufacture of highly addictive and deadly meth, heroin, and fentanyl, which is being smuggled over into the over the border and into American small towns and big cities. Yeah, for sure. This is what they mean by gray zone warfare. For sure. Where you literally have them shipping in drugs that are killing us, because you over there in China, if you have all these drugs, they'll execute you. They'll kill you. There's, there's, they, 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 they outlaw certain meats over there. They send them here. They give us all the crap meat. They get, they get all the good stuff over there. They send us all the, all the pickings, all the scraps. They make us survive off that. They tainted drugs, tainted meat, uh, crappy, crappy pharmaceuticals, products that don't last. And then we, we, we become dependent upon these things that are not really built to, to last. And then we wonder why we're sick. Like, yeah. They, they, that's why I say soft kill option. 
And again, if they're doing these war games, that 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 means that they're seeing these threats. They're doing the the analysis. They're looking at uh, how far off we are from the actual kickoff event. I mean, that's 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 probably why they had to release this virus to get the advantage. I thoroughly believe that they intentionally released it. We had an article in the previous segment how a former State Department lead investigator said that COVID-19 escaped from a Wuhan lab. I don't think it escaped. I think it was released because what does it do? It attacks your upper respiratory tract. It attacks your fertility. It attacks your brain. It attacks all this stuff if you get the right strain. Not that I, I said at the time, shucks, wouldn't that be super convenient if they were able to release something that would debilitate your adversary, not for just the initial reasons, the economic and initial reasons, but the multi-generational aspect of it. If we talk about China going through, building up certain areas, certain nations, building up the infrastructure, well, shucks, like a good drug dealer, wouldn't it be good for them to put you basically in debt, get you addicted to only what they can provide? You see? And you've got Beijing Biden cozying up so quickly to China that it's making people's heads spin. And he's already trying to come after Russia, saying, oh, you guys will pay dearly. Joe Biden is not a power hitter. He is not a powerhouse. People do not respect him. <laughs> and they, as, as well as they shouldn't, you know. Dude's a scumbag. And he's weak. And... Uh, that's not going to bode well for our future. Um, I still stand by my statement that Joe Biden will be out of the house or be out of the. He'll be out of office by April. I can only hope to be right, though. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and here's the final article I want to pull up for you guys. Something that you already inherently knew. I just wanted to pull it up for you because I think it's beginning to reach the mainstream news. But China is building a surveillance state with cameras checking emotions, and tracking your social credit score with AI. Yeah, what they're, what they're really saying is, China has released their totalitarian social credit score system. Maybe we should think about it too. Where they can monitor other citizens. They can see who's got a, who's got a low credit score, who's angry, right? They even have things that go as far as uh, your gate recognition software so like how how you walk they can they can recognize who you are by how you walk and the space in between your legs like if you're bow-legged stuff like that you know and so this wonderful society that bill mayor has advocated has emotion checking software yeah because these people are forced to be this way and so while to some degree they have some benefits. They also have some cons. There's hardly any freedom or any or any individuality there, right? You had a uh, President Xi Jinping at, at at the United Nations, basically grandstanding, gloat, saying, oh, oh, "Oh, American capitalism is dead." He went on to make those same type of sentiments whenever uh, uh, Texas got hit with that winter storm. He said, look at how foolish capitalism is. Oh, ha, 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 ha. And I can't help but think about how all of this is orchestrated, how the world is a stage, and how we found out that that power outage was manufactured artificially. They shut those people's power off. 
it's so it's just, it's 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 just crazy to see the 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 double speak go on the selective the, the selective revealing of information and saying oh well I like these parts about China but I don't want to admit that they do these things to get these type of results it's like oh so you want all the success that China does but you don't see how they treat their citizens how they work them to death how they spy on them the whole time they're not allowed to have they're they're, they're basically not allowed to believe in anything other than what the kind of the kind of the Communist Party tells them. And isn't that what you have totalitarians over here advocating for? Complete and total control. This is a very, very crazy and chaotic time that we have found ourselves in. Let that not be a mistake at all. That truly, from, <laughs> from, from trying to figure out up from down, from trying to hug people to trying from 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 trying to have like a normal life like this this is not normal this world that they are trying to force us to to, to fit into is not normal you are definitely going to find more people becoming increasingly isolated because they want to distance themselves from this clown world i assure you i bet you because while uh, what you're doing is you're asking people to be robots. You're asking people to play a role that they didn't want to play. You're asking people to be people they didn't want to be. Of course people are going to act right when they got the camera on them. But see, at that point, you're not even dealing with a person. You're dealing with a personality. You're dealing with a face. You're dealing with a mask. And that's what they want. They want toy soldiers in this fake reality. And I don't know if I can play that game. And I really don't. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Climate Infrastructure, International Epidemics, and Uncertain Shadows. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, a little bit of a sloppy return. We're all over the place. We're talking about climate change. We're talking about immigration, thought police, 1984, all this crazy stuff and more. We're doing everything we can to try to bring you this information on demand. And just like that, we're back. We missed a couple bumps. We missed a couple uh, signals. We're still here, doing the best we can. You guys are going to have to give me a couple more episodes to get back into the group of things, man. I tell you, this stuff is hard. Getting back on the horse is one thing. Staying on the horse, that's completely different. But at this point, no more excuses. 
that's only going to be statements and answers. We have a full fight ahead of us, and there's way too much work to be done. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. Ooh.